So how was vacation, David? Um, it was nice to not work for a week. Yeah. Yeah. You and me both. But the week after coming back was one hell of a time. Yeah. Yeah. I had to go straight up to Bear Lake after the vacation. But, uh, it's not bad. It's just jumping back into, to the shit, yeah. you know, after being gone. It's like, oh yeah, I remember why I wanted to leave. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I went right back into it. I know. And you worked a full week, right? You worked what? Monday through Thursday, Monday through Friday, something like that. Monday through Thursday, right? Yeah. yeah. I, I got home Thursday. Yeah. Cause we, uh, we went to Mamos, uh, for dinner on my way back home. Yep. It was really good stuff. I, Turned them on to the uh, shrimp and grits, and it was actually pretty good, right, David? Yeah, I honestly wasn't expecting what it looked like, but then once I started eating it, I mean, it had jalapenos in it. It wasn't spicy, but it, like, had a good season to it, mm-hmm. and it was in a weird bowl. I've never never seen a type of bowl before, but it was, like, like a half-shaped bowl. I don't know how to describe it. Yeah. But it was pretty cool. Yeah, it's really good stuff. I ended up taking Monday off. Because, you know, why not? Mondays are usually the worst day of the week anyway for work. But Tuesday through Friday was just a literal shit show. That's all I can say about my week. It was a literal shit show. Classic. Right. But it was good. It was a good time, though. We went up to, what, Yellowstone? And West Yellowstone, technically the town. Hung out there for a little bit. We're going to talk a little bit about that later in the episode as well and some of the other updates that we have. But it's been a hot minute since we last recorded. It's been about a month, I think. Yeah, because the last time we uh, we recorded in bulk, right? Yeah. So we did like three episodes in one day. Yep. Which makes it harder when you get to the, the third episode because obviously there's no updates because all of our updates were like in the first <laughs> episode. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, there's, there's been a lot that has happened since our last recording. Yeah. So we're going to have to, to dive into, to all of it. Yep. Most definitely. Well, you're ready to get this party started, David? Yeah, let's do it. This podcast contains material and language that may be disturbing to some listeners. While not explicit, listener discretion is advised. David and Shane discuss their random paranormal adventures and stories. We dive into paranormal cases from the past and the present. We also talk about what got us into the paranormal, the highlights, and the scary moments while on our adventures. This is Shane, and you are listening to... Bear River Paranormal Podcast. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the individual and do not necessarily reflect the views or positions of any entities they represent. This podcast represents the views and opinions of David and Shane and their guests to the show. The views and opinions are for informational purposes only. And because each person is so unique to their experiences, knowledge, and research, 
Any and all opinions expressed does not necessarily reflect the views or opinions of any Bear River Paranormal Group member, nor any member of the paranormal community as a whole. Hey everybody, thanks so much for tuning in to us. My name is Shane. And I'm David. And on today's episode, David is going to take the reins and he is going to lead us into the nether regions of all things paranormal and updates. Now, David, now, what updates do we have for all of our fans and followers? Yes, I, I take over from time to time. It happens. Yes. Um, so, yeah, we got a lot of things to talk about updates wise. Like we said, it's been a fat minute since we've actually recorded. Um, but uh, first things first, uh, some very heartbreaking, disappointing news. Um, for all of everybody out there, mm-hmm. uh, the this year's Para X uh, has been canceled yes, this year. It has um, for uh, various reasons. Um, reason I think the biggest reason they're trying to take away from it is uh, a lot of the vendors are uh, pulling out mm-hmm. due to the financial situation that we are facing with inflation and gas prices. Yep. Uh, and it's in Logan, so I just a lot of people are just not wanting to travel out there. I think to do it, so I think he's had like half of his vendors, if not more than half, pull out. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he's just been dealing with uh, John's been dealing with personal issues as well, on top of the stress of trying to run it. So it just was simpler for him to just pull it. Um, but he is keeping, I think, his book thing going and his podcast that he's doing also going so uh i guess just hope for next year to to do it again yeah and we'll post up a link to his podcast and everything in his book uh in the group page and in the description of this podcast as well so that way you guys can keep updated but when i got that email about it being canceled it definitely broke my heart because i know john put in a lot of sweat and tears into this and the first year was definitely successful and he wanted this to be bigger and better this year and it's just unfortunate that everything was working against him. Yeah, we have been obviously promoting the hell out of it. Mm-hmm. And we are hoping that this year was definitely going to be bigger and better. And it just kind of sucks that, you know, we have to take a break from it. Because when he tries to do it again next year, I feel like it's going to be like starting over. Yeah. And it'll be like not as big a turnout as we were hoping. Yeah. But, I mean anything's better than nothing in my opinion so hopefully we can do it again um but i guess taking a break from not doing a a con this year will will also be okay yeah just lets us focus on other things i guess well now he's gonna have more time to narrow down exactly what he needs to do for next year and everything and then he can start whenever he can and start working on it now since he's got plenty of time since this year is going to be not happening Right, but you know, um, I think there are there is one more Utah convention that they're gonna have this year. Mm-hmm. I think. So I mean, I guess there is that. If you're still uh, really wanting to to go to one this year, I believe it's in Vernal. I don't remember what it's called though. Yeah, Phenomcon down in Vernal, Utah. They're gonna have most of the same speakers as last year. I know they got the people from uh, Skinwalker Ranch and a few others as well, and. I know there's a couple of teams that have booths there and everything, but the at the rate that they were charging for their booths, it just wasn't financially uh, made sense for us to be at that particular uh, Paracon. 
And then I'm not sure if Vegas was doing one again. I don't. I definitely don't think so. No, because I, of that whole situation with that one guy. Yeah, what stiffing everybody? Yeah, with that whole snafu. I don't think it's gonna happen there anytime soon. Um, and then there's usually one in Nevada that's separate. It's like down in one of the ghost towns that they have down there. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't remember if they were doing one there yeah, or not. Yeah, it's still on because I think Paul's supposed to be talking there and then they got uh, the Tennessee Wraith Chasers and a few other people going to that one as well. Yeah, so there is that one. Um, I've never really heard of uh, Idaho ever doing one. Yeah, no, I haven't heard of Idaho doing one either. I know they do tours some groups up there that do tours around October, that's about it. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much probably all you'll get. Um, I would be curious to go back to uh, see, do some talks with um, the Union Station to see if they're interested in ever doing that tour stuff again. Yeah. Uh, just because of the recent, um, they had the, the tattoo convention there. So I feel like that hopefully their minds are more open to this stuff. Yeah, where they allowed that tattoo convention to happen, I'm sure they'll probably allow more investigations, I would hope anyway, since they seem Especially, to go hand in hand with this particular state. Yeah, well, it it just would make more sense for them because it lets more people come to the Union Station who would normally, you know, mm-hmm. don't come, you know, because, mm-hmm. you know, people are obviously would come for the ghosts more so than their um historical stuff but i mean technically the ghosts and the historical stuff go hand in hand so it actually would open the possibility for more people to go into it especially during the spooky season yep you get the people that aren't normally looking into that but because it's spooky season it opens their mind up more Mm -hmm. and then they experience it and they're like oh this was actually really cool i never would have come in here if it wasn't for this oh yeah you know Mm -hmm. so it's just one of those things that if they were smart they would have kept doing it but they haven't done it and i guess what three years four years almost yeah it's been about that long since we did the night at the museum it's been about four years yeah Maybe that's enough time for someone's mind to have changed or someone else to have taken over at that point. Yeah. But that's something to potentially look into for the future as well. Agreed. I do know, um, I don't know if any of our listeners know of Danny Stewart. He's the one that usually puts on the haunted crawl down in Provo. He is currently located up here in Logan now, and they're actually going to be working with uh, Logan Downtown Alliance, I think, to start doing more paranormal tours up here in logan utah so that's another thing to look at as well yeah that'd be nice Mm -hmm. especially logan because logan's been very closed off in that regard for for some time well and and to be honest the i think they have the right guy to do it because i've always heard of danny stewart you know i've seen him on facebook i've seen him advertise his stuff and everything but i never actually got to meet him until I actually ran into him and his girlfriend at Big J's in Richmond, Utah. And I was just shooting the shit with him and just talking to him about his background and everything. And and now we're friends on Facebook and he's right here in Logan. So I definitely recommend checking it out. I think it'll be as good of a time as he usually does down in Provo. Which he does still frequent down in Provo, I have noticed. But he's going to want to do more stuff up here while he's still uh, in school. Nice. Yeah. But so yeah, that's 
that's that big news. Um, other big news: the Goldfield Hotel. Yeah, it uh, is. This has been it's been cycling around the Facebook for for the the, the month of July. Mm-hmm. Uh, that it is apparently uh, up for sale. Yes, it is. I think it's what one point um, five million or something like that. One point four. One point four million dollars. From what I saw, um, a lot of people have posted about it, and they weren't official. But I think I did see an official listing so- at some point by the actual owners of it being one point four. Mm-hmm. Um, really, if anyone's gonna be in the market to buying it, you know it's anybody who's in the paranormal mindset. Yep. <laughs> um. You might get the one person that will see it for more than the the hotel value of it and will buy it for the potential of money money earning money mm-hmm. for tours and such. Yeah. Um, but it'd be surprised if someone bought it and then did nothing paranormal related with it. Yeah. That'd be wild. Well, and what was it? Two years ago, we were in Tonopah and we drove by the Gold Hill Hotel or whatever. And it was still pretty dilapidated on the outside, to be honest. So I'm, I'm wondering what it's going to cost to get it up and running to be at its peak again. You know. Well, yeah, because that's that's that much money just to buy it, and then you have to think of how much money you got to put into it just to do any like updates or renovations with it or not. I mean, I don't know how well it looks inside. Mm-hmm. Uh, we we never went in there, but yeah, <clears throat> from the outside. It, uh, I mean, it seemed like one of the better-looking buildings in the town. The biggest and the best-looking building in that town, to my, to my opinion, anyway. But, uh, yeah, it was still, uh, it looks like it still has some rough ends that could use some work. Yeah, most definitely. I'm wondering how long it's going to be on the market until someone actually buys it, because that is a pretty good amount of money for something as old as that, but it does have that historical value to it. Right, yeah, and I would say the market's not really the greatest for buying buildings such as that, mm-hmm. especially for you don't really know what's going to happen coming up soon anyway, so that's a pretty hefty investment. Yeah. So I would I would imagine safely that it would be uh, on the market for a minute, but, you know, there could just be one person that for some reason has that amount of money Yeah. who just wants it on a whim. I have seen a lot of people wanting to get like a big old group going and just all funneling funds into it to purchase it as like one big old entity, you know, and then they would, you know, share the profits off of that and stuff like that. And I don't know how well that would work, but I've seen a lot of Um, talk of that. Spoilers, it wouldn't. That'd be the worst decision anyone could ever do. Mm -hmm. Because if you have that many hands with a tiny percentage of ownership of it, then everyone has to come together, and if you want to do anything with it, everyone has to agree to it. Exactly. And that would just be a huge clusterfuck. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> like, even if you just had 10 people, and 10 people's a lot, to chip in the amount of money required to pay for that, now you have 10 people who have a say in what can do with the building. Yep. So there's no way anyone's going to chip in enough money to have less amount of people to do it. Like, There's no way that's going to work. Yeah. Yeah, and that, that's but what it's everybody. A, it's a nice wa- idea. Yeah, it, it it is a nice idea, but it just wouldn't make any sense to do it. Period. You know, because that's what uh, a lot of people wanted to do when uh, Leslie's family tree went up for sale. Yep, 
everyone was like, let's just all combine our money and buy the place, you know, for, for the paranormal community. And I was like, yeah, that ain't going to work. Exactly. Which, have you ever heard any updates on that particular building? You know, I haven't. And the only person who would have an update for it would be Tim mm-hmm. on their podcast. They'd probably be the first people to do an update on it. Yeah. Because um, he's more inclined in that area to know uh, what's going on more so than me. Yeah. But, um, I mean, we can look into it if we really wanted to. I'm just wondering if they're going to be opening it up again, if it's going to be a different restaurant, or what exactly the new owners are planning on doing with that building, because it does have a lot of historical value to it. And it's right there in the heart of Santa Quinn. Yeah, I would imagine. I mean, it has all the ability to still be a restaurant, so I'd be surprised if they didn't still try to make it uh, food-worthy, because that's a lot of, uh, you know, it was built for that. So to get rid of that entirely, I don't know what else you'd use for that building. Yep. But that, I don't know. Seems interesting to me. Yeah. But well, it's not uncommon for people to convert restaurants into business offices and stuff like that. It's happened all over the place. True. It's technically got like three different uh, sections that can be, you know, separated into its own uh, thing. Mm-hmm. Um. But uh, just a quick Google search. It still says it's permanently closed. Mm. Uh, I don't know if they've uh, changed the name of whatever that building is yet or not. I don't know. Uh, just, just Googling Leslie's Family Tree for a quick update. I see just permanently closed as of right now. Remember that business that was attached to the same building? I wonder if that portion of that of that building got sold as well. Hmm. Oh, yeah, because there's like a... There's like the little side door that we go up to, to but there's and there's like the other corner one, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. What was that? I I, I, I kind of remember looking. Uh, I think in it. It was a gift shop, I think. If I remember correctly. Yeah. It was never open any of the times that we've been there, so it's hard to say exactly True. what's on the inside. But if I remember correctly, I think it was a gift shop. Cause yeah, it is connected. It would be kind of interesting if they uh also bought that whole building and they had like that whole big building on that like by itself because basically once from there on the left side of the family street there's a road that goes straight up Mm -hmm. and on the right side of that there's a building that's attached to leslie's that there's another street that goes all the way up so it'd be like its own big building on this one street yep and if you bought those two together and then like open up the walls between them and combined it made it one big space that'd be interesting yeah yeah, it would definitely make sense to do that. A bigger spot. Unless the new owners were thinking about keeping it separate. Yeah. And I guess there's possibilities. I guess we'll just keep uh, keep an eye for it. I mean, it's been sold for, what, two years now? Yeah, I believe so. Because it's been so three since uh, we were last there. So. But, uh, yeah, who knows what they decided to do with it and then probably picked the wrong time to buy it when they did and then everything went down market wise and everything and then you know yeah i I don't know it'd be interesting i'll have to do a little more research into it ask around see see what's going on with it yeah what's the uh update with your business david um you know i don't really do much anymore (laughs) um online wise Mm -hmm. i've kind of just been keeping it uh local Mm mm-hmm for, for now, because, like, the Etsy shop, we've kind of just been neglected it. Yeah. Just because, honestly, it's 
haven't really had the free time to do much marketing in it, you know? Yeah. But I am doing something different. And what is this? Um, we will see how well it it goes, but I am starting to do um, uh, resin molds. Mm. So I'm putting agate slices in like a, a, a mold and then pouring resin resin on it. So it looks like a shape, but it's with like, you know, agate slices mm-hmm. and like other little chunks of rocks and stuff. I don't know. I did the first, my first ever one Friday. Yep. It was Friday. Um, but the resin takes 72 hours to harden. So mm. hopefully today I can pop it out of its mold and see how well it turned out. I think it will turn out really well, to be honest with you. Yeah, hopefully. I, I don't. I might have not mixed it good enough. I'm not sure. It got a little cloudy during hardening, so hopefully it's not too bad. Mm-hmm. Or maybe it just adds some flair to it. Who knows? Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's like a it's like a paw print. Okay. That's uh that's what the design mold that I have mm-hmm. right now is, and it's pretty good. I think it's like six or seven slices. Yeah. And then some chunks of rock, and hopefully when I pull it out of the mold, it looks still like it does yeah well and there's a lot of people that use live resin for a lot of different things uh especially with like woodworking you know those really awesome tables that you know it's a nice beautiful oak table but it's got this blue streak that goes right through the middle of it and stuff like that you know that's the live resin that people use to create these fine masterpieces and i thought it was a good idea to to use it with your agate slices and do different designs and everything i think that would really make those uh, slices pop for you yeah, well, I got the idea because when we were up in uh, West Yellowstone, we went to a crystal shop. Yep. And uh, I saw this cool butterfly sculpture that was made from resin and agate slices. I was like, huh, you know, I need that. Because I'm getting to the point in my crystal life where I have everything. Yeah. And everything just doesn't pop, like, call to me anymore. Mm-hmm. So I'm just trying to get stuff that I, you know, is unique that you don't see and i try to get because even my my wife she got this cool sculpture of someone who like glued just different slabs together and it looks like a mountain range with the moon on it yep i'm like that's really cool and unique so i was like yeah of course we're gonna get that yeah which you should uh post up a picture of that because it's a really beautiful sculpture yeah it's really cool i'll do that it's on my fire mantle place Mm -hmm. but yeah, when we were out in West Yellowstone, I mean, they have, like, I think two or th- two definite, like, main crystal shops up there. Yep. Which they have a lot of nice, cool stuff uh, up there. It obviously is on the expensive side, obviously. Yeah. Being, like, a touristy town, they're going to do that. But they have some unique and stuff that you don't really normally see. Yeah, and they even had, uh, they had asteroids there, like little bits and pieces of asteroids that they were selling. You know, it's stuff like that that you don't even see in traditional, like rock shops, like uh, Bryson's or anything like that. Yeah, and I mean, they have a lot of, uh, you know, local stones that are, you know, from Montana and mm-hmm. Idaho and all that. Yeah. And I think stones that are probably come out of Yellowstone Park, too. Yeah. Which is even more unique as well yeah so they have a lot of cool stuff but also what's interesting about west yellowstone that uh they are really uh bigfoot um orientated like they're just really diving into the bigfoot merch down there oh yeah yeah two years in a row i've gotten a picture next to the bigfoot statue that they have right there in west yellowstone but 
it seemed like every single shop we walked into there was some sort of mention of some sort of a bigfoot you know what i mean yeah so i'm curious if they ever have reported sightings in yellowstone right <laughs> of bigfoot that'd be very interesting well it's a very it's a very beautiful and lush place i i would dare say that there was there would be a handful of bigfoot sightings just in that area alone right but yeah, it's, it was just a very interesting. I started thinking about. It. I was like, man, they really, they really have a thing for Bigfoot here too. Mm-hmm. Which you don't, you don't normally see a town uh, this far, you know, west uh, be that Bigfoot orientated. Usually, you have it uh, back east in the Appalachian Mountains and stuff. Yeah, that are really more heavy focused on uh, on the Bigfoots. Well, remember, but, I think it was last season we talked about the. Uh, Native Americans that talked about uh, giant ape-looking um, people out of Nevada. Those stories are starting mm-hmm. to circulate all over Facebook again. Seems like once a year, those articles seem to surface on Facebook and get circulated by everybody. I've already seen like three or four things on it so far. I just have a hard time believing that uh, Nevada, of all places, even sometimes even Utah, I just think it's it, too hot of a climate isn't a Bigfoot haven you know what i mean yeah but there seems to be a lot of sightings particularly on the on the cash wasatch area in those mountains uh particularly up like logan canyon by the sinks and everything everybody talks about seeing bigfoot up towards that area you know right before you drop into bear lake and you know and, and then brigham young he talks about a huge ass creature coming out of the lake back in the day when the pioneers first settled over there in, in the bear lake area so i mean it kind of goes hand in hand i guess yeah well i, I believe it more up there yeah the high you went cash national forest wasatch you know stuff like that in that area i could see it but not in like the west desert or in southern utah or anything like that yeah like i don't ever picture or hear anything like saint george related you know what i mean yeah but I, I don't know. Maybe it's just because it's too open or something. But maybe there's just a different type of a cryptid species that is more desert-like that would be, you know, more sighted. Maybe it's being uh, mistaken yeah. as a type of Bigfoot in, in Nevada. And it's just, uh, you know, a different type of uh, creature that no one's really looked into. Yeah, it, it could be. I mean, if, it, if you look at, like I said on a couple episodes ago, you know, the farther south you go, the smaller the animals get, but the more north you go, the bigger the animals get, you know? So I'm kind of right. wondering if there's a smaller version of Bigfoot that, you know, hits Nevada, Arizona, New Mexico, you know, that's obviously not a chupacabra or anything like that from, you know, southern culture. Yeah, because it, it, I can't imagine, I'd imagine it'd be more like a, a mole like looking, almost, you know, like less fur. Yeah. Because that's what, you know, the heat, the, the reason they have fur, most animals, is to protect themselves from the elements. But when you're in a desert, mm-hmm. you really have a harder, scalier body yep. than uh, than fur. So I would imagine almost, like, <laughs> picture it almost looking like a armadillo almost, mm-hmm. but fucking huge. Exactly. That, that'd be interesting to, <laughs> to see. Well, it's like that article that we talked about a couple episodes ago, that uh, zoo that caught a video or picture of whatever the hell that was walking on the outskirts of the zoo oh oh and and the otter man that we talked about too i mean that's a freaking creepy looking thing yep exactly so yeah i don't know it's interesting but that was interesting uh thinking about west yellowstone i mean that was a very uh fun time going up there and all that Mm mm-hmm 
but speaking of uh, uh, merch stuff, um, we have a merch store. Yes, we do. And we also have Bigfoot merch mm-hmm. on our merch store. So if you don't go up to West Yellowstone, you can just buy Bigfoot merch from our store. Exactly. Every every purchase you guys make helps us out to buy new equipment, go on adventures, buy podcasting equipment, everything like that. And also helps with our web hosting for our website that is not cheap to renew every year. So any purchase that you guys do, whether it's for Bigfoot, Alien, or Paranormal, if you guys uh, make those purchases, it helps us keep us going. So we definitely appreciate all of you that have bought merch from us in the past. We're definitely going to want to add a couple of new things to the merch store here soon. But with the stuff that's already on there, it's definitely uh, good quality merch. And I definitely recommend you check it out. Yeah, it looks really good. It's good material. Um, I would love to add more stuff to it as well. Mm-hmm. But definitely need to see more people uh, uh, getting it. Yep. Um, and what's good about uh, some of our merch too is because we obviously have uh, the logos and brand of stuff that uh, is related to us mm-hmm. but it's also nice to have merch on there that is kind of separate yep. but still is nice yep definitely um, I don't know I don't see my I mean I'm not a Bigfoot merch person but I could see myself eventually getting a Bigfoot tank top yeah well that yellow shirt that I bought or well, actually, I got it in the, in the red color, but it's the yellow logo of the Bigfoot. I really I actually like that shirt that I bought. And the tank top it just has the Bear River Paranormal established 2013. That one's actually really comfy. Yeah, for sure. But, uh, yeah, so check check out our merch store. Mm-hmm. Um, Big thanks. And I did finally get that cord for the ANC Mini, so we can actually try that out with the SB-11. Right, yes. Looking forward to trying that out for sure to see if it will actually work. Yep. And hopefully we can get that thing narrowed down and use it to its fullest potential. Yep. But so far, we're still on the fence of how effective it is. Yeah. I'm hoping my theory works with that cable because technically speaking, due to the specifications of the of that piece of piece of equipment you're supposed to use two different ones for an sb11 but i want to see if we can get around that and just use one for both sides and see if that ends up working hopefully anyway yeah yeah we'll see hopefully it's not a hot garbage mess yes and then (laughs) but uh we have one last update um on on july 4th of this year uh my mine and whitney's uh loving dog Gabby the Puggle the ferocious Puggle monster she unfortunately passed away while we were on vacation with David and his family up in Island Park so I just want to let you guys know that unfortunately she is no longer with us physically but she is definitely here in spirit she's um, been loved by everybody on the team everybody that has ever uh, got to meet her absolutely loves her and adores her for the animal that she truly is so I just want to let you guys know that she is no longer with us physically anyway but she's always been here in spirit but that's uh, my only update that I have for you guys did you guys have any did you uh, have any other updates David <clears throat> um 
there's a couple things we're going to talk about before we talk about our, our main topic. Mm-hmm. But uh, a- as far as updates uh, go, I think that's it. Okay, awesome. And uh, what what all did you want to tell us, David? Well, so I mean, our main topic is going to be talking about um, witches, history of witches and witchcraft. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I mean that is going to be kind of brief because there's so much to talk about on that so we just kind of want to briefly introduce it and then talk about more in depth on it later because we're also going to talk about our waverly trip Mm -hmm. which uh is is pretty hefty in of itself yep and then we're also talking about uh some equipment uh the boo buddy bear Mm -hmm. uh the original one and then the new one that you kind of have the the unicorn yep uh, so we got a lot to talk about. So the actual his case itself of uh, the the witches and history and stuff, we're just gonna kind of keep it uh, brief. Yes. But we will we'll talk about it on it. Uh, I'm gonna have Shane mostly talk about it, and then I'm just gonna interject with uh, fun facts maybe here or there. Mm-hmm. Um, but so yeah, uh, back to what I want to talk about because after our last podcast episode that you hear. Um, I think the week after that, we uh, went on a little investigation mm-hmm. to one of our uh, most, I would say, traveled places. Yeah, that we've done. Uh, we keep going back there just because I guess it's. I don't know what the reasoning is. Convenience, easiness. Yeah, and history, and it's cheap. Yeah, I mean. It, it's kind of nice. You do probably get a little bored with it, mm-hmm. but uh, it's just one of those things that if you're just kind of bored and you're just wanting to do something, it's just, it's just, it's right there. It's an easy place to go to. You yep. know what I mean? Um, but we're ta- I'm talking about Benson. Mm-hmm. We went back to Benson. Mm-hmm. We investigated it for uh, for uh, the Lone Wolf. We did a we did a thing with them. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, it, it was fairly it was fairly good. It wasn't too crazy with the activity. Um, there was a, a home of uh, raccoons mm-hmm. that are living in the big mill that I guess a lot of people are uh, are coming across. Mm-hmm. I know uh, the Supernatural Hour uh, was there and they also talked about uh, being uh, in contact with them and so kind of just kind of stayed out of the way. So it seems like a lot of people are, are seeing them and they're like, ah, let's just leave. So not a lot of people are doing the big mill right now because of this family of raccoons. Yeah. Which is interesting, and I mean, I, I kind of respect that. I mean, they're a bunch of animals. Mm-hmm. Just let them have their space, I guess. Yeah. Um, but I guess the biggest thing is, uh, I if you've listened to our podcast, obviously, you know we talk about this uh, witch that lives there mm-hmm. that uh, not a lot of people are familiar with that go there often, and probably a lot of people would dispute us in, into saying that there probably isn't a witch there, but in our experiences, there is. Yes. Um, and she she was a little bitch that night. Yep. And let's just preface that she was never originally there. She was brought there by someone in the paranormal field. Yes, because when we first went out there, we never got anything like that. Yeah. I mean, there there was always the dick in the in the barn. You know, he's always yeah. been there, but the witch itself has never been there, and it's always been a positive experience in the past. Yes, but the more the more we went there, the more we started getting this hint of something and then finally full on discovered that it was there. Um but so she's normally um pretty tame. She can't really do nothing to us, right? Mm-hmm. Uh she'll team up with various things. She has a uh 
I don't know if she's conjured it or if something else, but she has little helpers mm-hmm. that are also dicks. Yep. Uh, I would say like servants that try to like get people scared and get them tricked to doing what whatever the switch eventually wants. Mm-hmm. Um, if you've ever been to Benson and you're gonna about to experience what I'm talking about, um, if you've ever walked uh, from the bridge to the the school there, yep. You know it's like an open gravelly area. If you've ever experienced this, I'll tell you why. Um, it's like something small, but not small, but like I would say like knee level. Mm-hmm. It's it's like a, it crawls and it like it's really fast and it like crawls and it rushes you. Mm-hmm. If you've ever had that feeling there, it is this creature that is uh, a servant of this witch. Yep. So if you've ever been there and you've ever experienced that, it happens quite often. This thing is annoying as hell. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it doesn't really bother you. Like it doesn't like attack you. It just tries to rush you really fast to scare you. So you go back over the bridge to where this witch resides. Yep. That is its whole goal. Because mm-hmm. it uses that little creature on that side of the bridge to get people over. And then it uses the guy in the barn to get people out of the barn down to where it resides. So it, it's using a bunch of tricks and stuff mm-hmm. to get you because it's it's trapped there and the only uh actually i'm not going to tell you the way to release it we're going to skip over that because there is a way to do that but i'm not going to tell you Mm -hmm. uh for various purposes but she will try to trick you to get her to get released and with our group there's really nothing she can do Mm -hmm. but she tried something different that fucking got me Mm mm-hmm and uh, so normally she comes off as this, you know, old, disgusting-looking hag that you know, she tries to scare you. Mm-hmm. Well, that tactic scaring me doesn't really work. So she did something different where she uh, – I was on the bridge on one end, and everyone else was on the other end of the bridge. And uh, I was walking, and I hear uh, a sweet whisper. Mm-hmm. You know, like a, like definitely like sweet female whisper in my left ear. Mm-hmm. That I, you know, literally had to do a turn because I heard it and it like made my neck kind of shiver up and my like left like arm kind of twitched up, you know. Yep. Like when I heard it, I physically felt like this energy like affect me through my ear. But I just heard this whisper and I, I've never really hear stuff uh, out loud, like outside of my head. Right. So hearing this kind of like got me caught me off guard. Mm-hmm. And then I just needed to think about it for a minute, so I just lean up against the the like the bridge wall, whatever. Mm-hmm. And I just started thinking about, I was like, what was that? And I just I was I was sink, sinking too deep into it. And then everyone, like, cause I didn't say a word, you know. Mm-hmm. And everyone just automatically noticed that something was different with me. Yep. You know, everyone instantly knew. They like were asking me, "What's wrong? What's wrong?" And you know, I'm like, "Oh, no, it's fine. I just heard this thing." And I was like, just just thinking about, you know. And everyone just knew something was wrong. And then I go sit down off the bridge, and I had this feeling in my mind. I was like, you know what? When we're done with this, I need to cleanse myself because that just that just didn't feel right, you know. And this is me in my head, but I can't say out loud like, "Hey, I need some help." Yeah. And then you just turn to me and you say, "Hey, are you you okay? Something's wrong." Mm-hmm. And then I was able to say, just thinking more about it. And then that's when I, you know, everyone's like, all right, we got to do something because something's wrong with you, Mm -hmm. you know. And uh, so naturally, the first instinct is to come to me and try to clear it. But obviously, that was the wrong thing to do. Mm -hmm. 
because that's what it wanted because it, it it hexed me mm-hmm. for lack of a better word it, it did it, i don't know what it said which is weird like there i don't remember hearing syllables or words i just remember hearing a sweet whisper yep so i don't know what it said but yeah it, it i guess latched onto me or had some type of energy latch onto me or something it 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 affected me and uh when i got diana cleansed me um i was just tired mm-hmm. like all energy was initially so i was ready for a nap which honestly that whole time being there i wasn't tired once mm-hmm. like i didn't feel like i was sleepy but just after that boom i was instantly like i need a time to recoup yep <laughs> so i just had to go back up to the uh the little place where we always sit the little gazebo thing in the middle mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, had some had some sugar, sat down for a minute. Everyone, everyone there, even some people who don't really know me that well personally yet on our team was kept asking me if I was all right. And I was just like, yeah, I just need a just need a minute to to, to rebound, you know. Yep. And, you know, I eventually did actually near, near the end before it was time to leave. I was I felt I felt myself again, had some stones, kind of recharged, regrounded myself. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I was back to, to myself and I was just like, well, that happened. And I just. It just happened because I wasn't ready for it. You know, mm-hmm. something different. Yep. She used a different tactic, and yeah, she 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 got me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a pretty so intense was, night. Yeah, that was that was interesting. Um, so, which is funny because before we went there, um, I was talking to uh, our good buddy Shandy. Mm-hmm. Uh, she has this thing. Where she does uh, aura cleanses. Yes. And I was actually contemplating doing that. I was like talking to you while we were eating dinner before we went there. And I was like, you know, I haven't been feeling good for like the whole month of May, right? Things have just been shitty. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I, it, I'm usually pretty good at cleansing myself. But I was like, you know, it wouldn't be bad to get a second opinion from somebody. Yeah. And I was like, you know, I, I trust Shandy. I, I believe what she does is genuine. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I asked her if she would be willing to do it. And, you know, she obviously did. And, you know, there, there was a fee, obviously, for her services because she does this as a business, right? Mm-hmm. This type of work. And I was more than willing to pay for it just because I trusted her. Um, so I, I, I was contemplating doing it and then talking about it. I was like, all right, I'm going to do it. So I sent her a message and all this. So I got the wheels in motion prior to investigating and then after the investigation i was like you know what i'm glad i did that because this is probably going to help me (laughs) in the future Mm -hmm. so i think something i I feel like i just needed to do that Mm -hmm. you know the universe was setting everything up for me to do that for her Mm -hmm. and um it was it was really nice Uh, and then the way she did it um i didn't even have to she didn't have to be in the same presence as me i didn't even have to be like ready for it she just did it like i was literally midday in the middle of work and she just she said she sent me a message said okay it's done and i was like oh really oh, that was weird so i didn't have the mindset to like feel any different at the moment because mm-hmm. i was working so i was in work mode mm-hmm. so i wasn't able again it was probably caught me off guard that it was easier for it to be done because i wasn't like expecting it you know yeah but uh she did it and then she told me it was like Oh man, I can't remember. It was like a hundred and thirty-seven uh, negative attachments to me. Mm-hmm. 
Um, when I, and then when I say attachments, I don't think I don't I don't mean like full on spirits, but like just like little imprints here and there from like locations and stuff. You know, like if I go to a, a one uh, location that we do, I get like a tiny bit of an imprint on that latched onto me. Yep. You know, and so I had like 137. And I asked, like, wow, is that the most you've ever had? She's like, no, that's the second most I've ever done. Mm. The first, per- like, she said she's had one that was, like, 200 and something. But she's like, that this was close. <laughs> and I was like, oh, well, that, that's cool, I guess. Right. You know? <laughs> thank you. Uh, thank you. Um, but it was really cool just uh, what, what she did with it. Um, she uh, realigned all my chakras, cleaned them all out and all that, and then got rid of all the attachments and... Um, what's cool how she does it because she's a a light worker um she has angels that do it so she doesn't do it herself she basically sends an angel to do it yeah which that's the unique she can do yeah because that's the unique thing of her she doesn't have to physically touch you unlike i have to physically touch you to pull the attachments off she can do a remote with angels and i find that super intriguing Right, because, yeah, normally how, how we do it in, in our uh, field, because we're, like, you know, in the middle. We're, like, you know, we work in the dark, kind of, mm-hmm. and she doesn't at all, where we have to, like, kind of put our own selves at risk to help others. Yep. Which is which is a tough road to cross, and that's why, you know, this field that we do isn't really made for everybody. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, you are putting yourself in that situation sometime not you're not we're not actively looking for the demons you know yeah but you know when it comes to helping people we try we try to do it in the ways that don't really involve our ourselves spiritually yep but sometimes you know we have to we have to do that we have to put ourselves in the line to to help somebody mm-hmm. so it was really interesting for her to do it that way and you know we had a conversation about it i was like you know obviously in my line of work what we do it's probably gonna be a, gonna happen again mm-hmm. you know because i told her about the witch uh thing that happened because i was like yeah the last thing that happened was this witch hex and she kind of looked into it and she's like well you weren't actually hexed by somebody and i was like yeah i know it wasn't a person it was a it was an entity right mm-hmm. so i don't know if that's a different type of hex because she was looking into like a hex from like a, a real person you know yeah a real witch and I had to tell her like no it was more of a spiritual thing and she started looking into it a little bit and found something with like a rusty nail or something or a spring mm-hmm. it was actually interesting what, what she uh, she said but I don't know but actually what's interesting come to think about it now is I did end up stepping on a nail during my vacation yeah, so you did. maybe they had something to do with it but uh yeah, it was a spring. It wasn't a nail. But because she was like, she asked me, did I get cut by a rusty old metal spring once, you know? Mm-hmm. And I was thinking about it. I was like, um, I don't think so. But like for my job as an electrician, I was like, I mean, I kind of get cut all the time, but I don't, rem- not a rusty metal spring, you know? Mm-hmm. But she's like, uh, she just was sensing like a twisted energy from working around spirits and stuff, right? Mm-hmm. And she's like, your, 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 your energy just needs to be more protected when working with those, you know? Or, she said, stay away from them. And I was like, yeah, I don't... It, it was interesting to think about. I was like, so I could either figure out how to better protect myself in this field moving forward mm. or step away from it. Mm. It's like, I really don't want to step away from it. So it actually was... I had to start thinking, you know? I had to put it in perspective. I was like, well, I guess I'll just try to protect myself better. Mm. 
and I, it feels like I don't want to rely on anybody even though I appreciate what Shandy did mm-hmm. um, it might just be something that I just kind of check in with her and do that like once a year maybe with her yeah the, the, the services that she did but still try to learn and better protect myself uh, moving forward because mm-hmm. obviously in the last couple of years my gifts have increased in their abilities so I just kind of need to chill out for a second and learn how to better protect myself moving forward that I don't get too caught up in what I'm able to do yep. that could hurt me yep. you know so that, that that was a whole whole interesting thing that happened mm-hmm. at one time and that was actually our last investigation because I wasn't able to go with you guys to, to Merker mm-hmm. if you want to talk about because I was working but uh, you guys went to Merker uh, how did that go uh, it was a shit show in a handbasket, to be quite honest with you. So, it was supposed to be another lone wolf uh, joint investigation. Unfortunately, uh, everybody from lone wolf was not able to attend, and most of our group wasn't able to attend either. So, it was literally only myself, Becky, and Alex uh, were up there for the majority of the night. And, in fact... Uh, Diana was supposed to meet with us there and she was bringing her husband and they were running into one problem after another but it seemed to kind of coincide because usually the usually Kathleen myself and Diana when we, we usually go up there we uh, tend to, to shut things down that have been opened up by a particular paranormal group here in Utah that keeps on doing this kind of shit opening up shit bringing up bringing shit into this world that's not supposed to be here i mean it, they took a good location that was positive and they turned it into a very negative thing to the point where not even good spirits wanted to be in this area at all like the native americans were gone everybody was gone and the only thing that we saw was black malicious entities and i'm not kidding you when all you had to do was just stand there and just watch and you could just see a black shadow just dart across between trees and everything. That was the common occurrence that night. And they kept on getting closer and closer and closer. It got to the point where I couldn't leave too far away from the group. We practically just stayed right there by the fire pit for the majority of the night until uh, Diana got there. But prior to us even showing up, All we had to do was just step out of the vehicle. We were down in the parking lot. We weren't even up in the cemetery. And we could just feel that negative presence and negative energy just eking out of this place. So we got up there. We got established and everything. And it was still during during the day. So the sun was still up and everything. So it was safe enough to kind of walk around. We saw a bunch of shit that wasn't there the last time we were there. Um, two years ago, someone brought in another black witch, spiritually anyway, into Merker. We called her the white bitch. Um, she's very nasty. She always attacks me. She tries to go after Kathleen. She tries to go after Diana. She tries to go after everybody that goes up there. If you allow her to do so. Um, now I've talked to some people that have never really experienced anything negative up there. I just think they're too closed off to this kind of stuff, but I digress. Um, but in this one particular area where I put her back in the ground, I thought permanently, 
uh, someone else, this other team in Utah, which I'm not going to name any names or anything because uh, they don't get that type of notoriety. Um, they came there less than a year after I put her in the ground and they opened it back up and she's 10 times pissed now because of that. And the way that I did it, I did it the, na the Native American way, uh, using their culture and everything to put her back into the ground where she belongs. And then someone went in and reversed what I did and brought her back up. And with them doing so, she got more powerful. She pushed out all the natives in that particular area. None of the natives that I have interacted with were there that night. And I, my personal feeling was that I was feeling very threatened, like to the point where I contemplated running down that hill numerous times throughout that night because... I couldn't do anything, you know, I couldn't go anywhere, I couldn't go and investigate, even the children weren't even there, and they usually play around the, the graves, and they weren't even there that night. So, fast forward three and a half hours, Diana and Lon finally show up, and they come walking up the hill and everything, and she could definitely tell something was very, very off about the whole entire area, and I took her to over where I found where they were doing the ritual to open her back up and everything. Um, all Diana had to do was just grab the top rock and throw it, and I about lost all the contents of my stomach right then and there. Um, Diana came in and cleansed everything, and then I helped her put her back into the ground temporarily because we all know that once this other group goes up there, they're just going to release her again. Funny thing, we found out um, Merker and Benson are connected, and the same person brought both of those witches to th those locations. So when we uh, took care of the one right there in Benson, it pissed off the one in Merker, and then when we put the one in Merker in the ground, obviously the one in Benson was uber pissed off about it. But just that whole entire night, like... I usually don't get scared too often. That whole entire night, I was on edge. My anxiety was through the roof. I couldn't sit still. I didn't want to be up there. And it's probably going to be a hot while before I go back up there. Because to be honest with you, it was, it was not a good time. It was one of the worst nights uh, investigating, in my personal opinion. Wow. Because I was wanting to get uh, Tim and uh, and the Buka boys up there mm -hmm. at least one one more time to because they went up there and they don't really get anything when they go up there mm -hmm. and I kind of wanted to go up there with them and just kind of see uh, what they're not you know what I mean mm -hmm. and kind of team up with them up there and kind of see what we can come up with together yeah because I'm sure with all of us combined which they said they've only ever stayed in the little graveyard area they haven't really wandered and i feel like if you wander that's when you'll start noticing more yeah because it's not just the grave area it's the outskirts of the whole entire um the whole entire uh cemetery once you get past those graves and you start walking in that wilderness that's when you start feeling it and that's where they like to hide they're not going to hide in the most obvious place they're going to get you when you walk away from the cemetery Right, but it sounds like now it doesn't matter where you go up there. Mm, it's uh, it's the whole entire area. It's it's not good because when we when I went up there the the first and only time so far, um, you know around the graveyard area it wasn't bad. It wasn't really until we started walking, um, pr pretty like south, um, to a point where we I felt like we encroached in this witch's territory that she started like 
surrounding us, mm-hmm. and that was a whole different feeling. Mm-hmm. Then up by uh, by the grave area, and then you got hexed up there. Yep. You know that was yeah. Things things turned a different turn at some point during the night, but mm-hmm. that was all away from the grave. In fact, it felt like the only safe spot was at the gravesite. Like if you needed to take a break, you went back to the grave and had a reprieval, mm-hmm. you know, time. And yeah, there was the native spirits up there that you could sense. And if that's gone now, that's gonna be really weird. Mm-hmm. So it, it'll be interesting. I'd love to get Tim up there now and see. From when they went up last to now if things feel different for him yep because i really wish they would have been up there that night because if they would have saw the stuff that we were seeing that night they would have definitely changed their mind of that location real quickly because it was very yeah. apparent like they weren't even hiding it anymore i mean they were just darting between trees and everything and you could just see them there was one that was at least seven foot tall and then there was a there was quite a few that were maybe like three feet tall at, at best just darting back and forth between trees it was it was bizarre to be honest with you wow crazy mm-hmm. but yeah that's been that's been our uh latest mm-hmm. since the last podcast which doesn't seem like a lot but it, it it's been enough Especially with this summer, it's been you know busy summer for everybody. Mm-hmm. So we haven't been too too busy in the uh, activity range. And I know other teams have actually been surprisingly busy during this summer with uh, with cleansing and stuff. Did you ever get? Uh, I'm curious. I'm gonna say this on air. Um, did you ever get like a text or message from uh, from somebody that I sent your way? Hopefully, mm, no. For a cleansing? Not yet. The only person was- that hit me up about. Uh, about anything was this uh, lady in Ogden Um, I'm going to go on a little bit of a tangent so I do apologize for anybody that's listening to this but I am so sick and tired of other paranormal teams feeding into other people's fears Uh, case in point I had a lady reach out to me about these orbs in her uh, garage and she sent me a bunch of videos. I gave her my professional opinion. In fact, I even uh, got opinions from like two or three other different people just to make sure that I wasn't being too much of a dick. And they all agreed with me as well. So when I came, went back to this lady and was like, you know, I've reviewed everything. I had a few other people review them as well just so I can get their opinion. In our professional opinion, this is dust. This is nothing that has to do anything with paranormal. And I tried to explain exactly what we were seeing versus, you know, what she was experiencing, you know, and all that stuff. Because, you know, some of us, we have 20 plus years, 10 plus years of, of experience in this field. And me personally, I have gone over hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of hours of audio or not audio of video. And so I know what dust acts like on camera you know what i mean and what it looks like and everything um this lady came back and was basically saying that i was wrong and other and a few other teams that she's reached out to they've agreed with her on the activity that she has and everything like that and i was like well you got my professional opinion on this take it for what it's worth but this isn't worth uh investigating more because this is clearly dust you don't have anything in your house plus for someone that has uh, abilities like myself, I can fill things off of uh, photos and videos, and I didn't fill diddly squat off of those videos at all. And so she finally left us alone and everything. But the point that I was getting at was, you know, guys, you got to quit feeding into other people's fears. You got to really research what 
an actual light anomaly is and actually cross-reference what dust, moisture, bugs, stuff like that looks on camera, digital still, and on video. Because this type of misinformation that keeps on going out to these people just feeds into other people's fear and then they think their house is haunted when real, really truly you just need to clean your goddamn garage. You know? That's all you need to do. But I digress. I'm done with my little tangent. But if you sent someone over uh, my way, David, so far I haven't seen anything or gotten a voicemail or a text message quite yet. Yeah, because he, he texted me. Uh, this is after I got back from um, uh, vacation. And I immediately got sent up to Bear Lake, right? So I wasn't home. Yeah. And he's like... Um, He really needs um, a cleansing done. Yeah, he said he really wanted to, you know. Mm. Uh, this is when I was up in vacation. And then, because he's like, hey, can we set up a time with your friend? And I was like, uh, we're up in Idaho right now. And he's like, whenever's clever. And I said, we'll try. Mm-hmm. And then I got back and it went up to Bear Lake. And I was like, hey, I'm in Bear Lake all week. If you still need help, contact this number, you know. And I got the number that's off the website. Yeah. Um, and just kind of send it to him his way and see when he's available. And. I haven't heard from from him all week saying he's done that or anything. So I don't I don't know what he's done. I was just curious if you received or heard anything no, from him. No, in fact, I was going to ask you about that after when we were done recording what ended up happening with your buddy because I do remember that we were needing to take care of him after when we got back. And just this last week of being back has just been hell for both you and I. You were stuck in Bear Lake and I was stuck, you know, on the phones here having to deal with a bunch of shit and and it can honestly it completely spaced my mind so i was going to bring it up to you after the podcast but i haven't seen or heard anything from him at all yeah and then i won't be able to talk to him again in person because next week i'm going back up to bear lake so like i won't be you know at the shop so i have no idea i mean we gotta try to call him or something but yeah it's 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 tough to set up but uh going back to what you're talking about the ogden thing um I think she just kind of could have came at it a different way. I mean, obviously, I wasn't there. Mm-hmm. So this is going from, like, a third perspective view of things. Mm-hmm. As a show. So she sent this uh, evidence to you, right, quote. Mm-hmm. Um, and she basically, I was assuming, would want is wanting validation. That's why she sent this, yeah, right? Yeah, basically. Because um, if she's already sent it to other people, teams, I guess, it's not the fact that she's looking for help. She seems like she just wanted to... S- see if someone else would also agree with her mm-hmm. and um i mean you gave your opinion and anytime anyone shows me pictures mm-hmm. it it's my hardest i can never tell you like oh yeah 100 that's you got something there right yeah because for me it requires investigating more on it like the picture is a good introduction to get my interest into seeing what is going on yep you know i never will take that for fact and i you gave your opinion. You said, oh, I think it's dust. What she could have possibly done if she really was interested in our opinions, like, well, could you guys potentially come over and investigate my house and see what you see in person? Mm-hmm. That would have been probably a better approach than to being like, well, I've had people tell me it's real. So what you're telling me is wrong instead of going that route. Yep. Then it's like, well, then why would you send it to me if you were going to be pissed about it? Yep, exactly. <laughs> you know? So that, that, that's what I'm getting from that whole thing, the whole vibes. Because I feel like her interest wasn't in like, oh, I need help or I want to figure out what this is. Mm-hmm. It was more like, oh, look what I caught. Isn't it cool? And then you said, oh, I don't think it's nothing. And then she just goes, oh, like hurt. Yeah. <laughs> and try to va- like 
validate herself now to prove to you that it is real. It's like, it's just a waste of our time to keep this up. Yeah. Like, just take it and go. Because, I mean, there was one video where you can clearly see that it was a spider web that was uh, being reflected off of the infrared. And then quite a few others, uh, you could definitely tell that they were just dust. There was, like, maybe one I was questioning at very most. But the rest of them... Uh, it was basically established that it's just a common uh, dust particle doing its little thing, just kind of floating around, going past the camera, whatever, you know. So I knew for a fact that there wasn't anything there. Plus, I didn't feel anything off of those videos. So if you want my professional opinion, I'm going to give you my professional opinion. I mean, if you were to send me a video of, um, I don't know if you saw that video from Luminosity Paranormal Group over there in Nevada, um, someone in security recorded one of the cameras um, in the Hara uh, Casino in Reno of a pretty freaking legit spirit walking through the the seats and everything and then walking onto the stage and then disappearing. I mean, if you're, if you're going to send me that kind of shit, I will validate that all day long because that is clearly a spirit walking. But if you're going to send me a video of dust particles flying around a camera, I'm going to tell you my honest opinion and you're not going to like it, you know? Yeah, but that's just what it is, I guess, with that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know why, what her main intentions were, but it just, it seemed uh, not helpful no. to me. Yeah, no, it's, <laughs> you know, it just seemed it like wasn't. a waste of everyone's time. Well, and, and, um, and I was being professionally courteous to her about it and everything, but I, you know, I did kind of verbally slap her in the face with facts, you know, and I don't think she actually liked that at all, but you got to think of it this way. Whenever people do this to paranormal groups, it really just gets under our skin, especially when we take the time to review everything, get opinions on it and everything, and then tell you what we think of it, and then you just turn around and get pissed off at us and say that we're wrong. Now, you're wrong, we're right, because we're the ones that actually do this on the day-to-day -day basis. You don't. So when I tell you it's dust, that's because I have hundreds of hours of experience seeing what dust does on camera you know what i mean so i mean it's just it's kind of a waste of everybody's time and your attitude didn't really help anything either you know yeah but so yeah that's that's a lot of uh, uh stuff uh i haven't had too many cleansings this summer so far right no i mean this last month has been pretty quiet with cleansings and everything i'm I have a feeling that come September, October, it's going to pick right back up. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting to see where, where this all goes. Um need to talk to uh to Dan and Storm and the boys and see what we what's going on with that. Yep. Get some updates on them cuz I I'm also getting kind of eager to do some more work with them actually. Yeah. And I know uh Come October will pretty much be the end of the season for Dan, so he's going to have a lot of free time uh, after October. So I think if anything's going to get done, it's probably going to be around that time because I know he's in the full swing of things with the with the golf course. And, and Storm, his, he's been uber busy with his uh, nonprofit. In fact, they did a, uh, what was it, about two weeks ago, would you say, that they did that event right there in Rupert, right there in the town square, where they were doing boxing matches and stuff like that. And I think it was a fundraiser 
if I remember yeah, correctly. Yeah, I remember. I remember seeing something about it. Yeah, that we sh- we shared and stuff uh, in his gym and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Which, if you guys haven't checked that out yet, uh, I would definitely recommend uh, checking it out. Donate to them and everything because they actually have a really good cause coming. I mean, yes, boxing isn't really boxing and MMA isn't really a, uh, a common thing around here, but they're wanting to turn. Uh, this kind of stuff into positivity and they're using it in a way of getting troubled youth to come and do this and use this as an outlet to uh, get their aggression out and everything and actually become uh, productive members of society so I definitely recommend that you check it out we'll have the link in the description of this podcast but it's definitely a very worthy nonprofit that if I had an extra buck or two I would definitely donate myself right so, um, what do you want to tell me about witches, Shane? Well, witches, witches is one of those things that have been going on for decades. I mean, we're talking going back to, you know, thousand uh, after uh, death and everything like that on, on all the way up to even modern day. Witches are everywhere. Now... It wasn't as common back in the day than it is now, but I'm sure everybody has heard of, you know, Salem, Massachusetts. Um, There was that other place over there in Oregon, too. Uh, Witches are very known, especially for hoodoo and voodoo and stuff like that down in the south, like Louisiana area. There's different types of witches that... Uh, come from this. I mean, you got the white witches, you have gray witches, you even have the black witches that um, basically, if you were to look at it on a Christianity perspective, a white witch would be, you know, following God, and then the black witch would be following the devil, and then the gray witch is anywhere in between. They can switch each side that they choose to, whatever suits them best. Um, Basically, witches is one of those most traditional... uh, Witches are one of the most traditional as well as the most mysterious entities we associate with Halloween, which is a common thing to to associate with. When you think of witches, it's easy to conjure up an image of an old, ugly, crooked-nosed woman stirring at a steaming uh, potion that is brewing away. You know, they're old, ugly, um, doing things like uh, using toad's eyes and frogs legs and frogs hearts to make their concoction and cauldron which isn't really true that's just a hollywood made up thing we typically use spices herbs and spices to to do certain things especially for any type of spells or anything like that but realistically speaking if you think of witches think of someone that has spiritual abilities would you say david would you put those two in the same category? Yeah, because if you, if you think about nowadays, you know, the, the modern day society and, mm-hmm. and how we view witches is, you know, there are different types and they're not all bad. Like we're starting to get more of an understanding of a modern day, you know, quote unquote witch. Because witch is just a term for uh, basically a woman who was practicing in, in anything uh, that we didn't understand at the time. Because mm-hmm. obviously uh, back in... Uh, any time in the early 1800 any 1800 period and even further than that 
um, if you were labeled as a witch, you're basically a bad person, and we got to kill you immediately. Mm-hmm. And when half the time, most of the time, uh, these women who were basically trying to be like herbalists and healers mm-hmm. um, were just like dabbling and stuff like that to make people feel better. Um, we're just labeled as like, oh, wow, you healed this wound. You must be a witch, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, like you did that. Or or even the worst part is people are just using it as an excuse, essentially, mm-hmm. to just get rid of somebody they didn't like because mm-hmm. it was just easy. All you had to do was say, oh, that person's a witch. And someone just says, oh, yeah, I agree. Boom. They're dead. Yeah. You know, it's basically there was there was no uh, common sense when it came to telling people that they're, they're witches. Mm-hmm. Um, so there, there's a lot with that, which is, is wild. But I mean, because even today, uh, you, people using the term uh, Wiccans, you know, it's different than a witch, mm-hmm. but it's in a it's in a category of the type. You know, it's like a subcategory. Wiccans is this thing, and then witches, depending on what type of witch you are, do this. You know, mm-hmm. but but more or less, people who are dabbling in their spiritual gifts that they uh they have and are using it for various things can be considered uh witches of a type Mm -hmm. you know like it some people would uh, talking about shandy they'd probably say that she's like a white witch you know even though Mm -hmm. she deals with angels and stuff Mm -hmm. she deals with this type of stuff in a different way that if you don't have a label for her some people would just say oh she seems like a, a a white witch you know she's communicating with these white uh, spirits that are helping people, right? Yeah. And then you have the other people that are like, you know, mediums or psychics or whatever that are speaking to the dead um, for various reasons. They'd be like, oh, that person's just like a like a, a gray witch, right? Because mm-hmm. they're communicating with uh, our loved ones, you know. That That's a very different things. And you can add on tons of different subcategories to what a person does, and it all has a name for it. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think I've actually seen someone that has identified as a witch and what they do. Um, I actually do have a friend who's their girlfriend was, I think, calling herself a, a witch. Um, but I don't know the extent of her knowledge enough. I met her just once to know what she knows, mm-hmm. which was funny because she found out I did this stuff and she was like asking me all these questions at, at once and I was like um did, did your boyfriend ever tell you that's what I did <laughs> she's like no and I was like well that seems weird but okay hmm. um and I was like well instead of me because uh, we were like in the middle of doing something mm-hmm. I was like instead of me just uh ruining the rest of our night of uh talking for hours and hours why don't you just uh listen to this podcast and then come back to me with a uh, and I slid our podcast information her way and I said then come back at me with some questions afterwards right that's uh that'll better explain to you uh all this stuff than me taking a night to explain to it because there's a lot to explain Mm -hmm. um but yeah i've never seen anyone who would actually identifies as a witch and them describe to me uh what they do in their rituals you know yeah so it's still not a common thing for people to do and if it is obviously it's still very uh common especially where we live to not verbally announce that's what they do Mm -hmm. i think it's more common for people uh, outside of utah probably to be more open about it these days Mm -hmm. but i've never heard of a person in utah who actively identifies as a witch and if they do uh because i think there are a few people who have said that here and there that i've noticed but i don't trust them Mm -hmm. because they seem sus yeah yeah because i mean if you look into the history of of witchcraft 
basically uh, thousands of years ago, they've had to live a more primitive lifestyle. There wasn't the luxury of modern medicine or anything like that. So a lot of the things that they had to do, you know, they had to uh, test a lot of different things. You know, they had to test and see what herbs would actually fix what ailment and stuff like that. And in fact, a lot of the... Um, a lot of the herbs that are that were used back then to treat with pain, infection, sickness, stuff like that, have actually been incorporated in modern medicine. You know, uh, going into the 1800s, the 1900s, and even into the uh, early 2000s. You know, they still use certain herbals uh, for medication and everything like that, and that actually originated from witches from thousands of years ago. I mean, if you if you look at what witches did back in the day uh, during those early days were some were uh, some sage women that learned the value of healing herbs and other types of homopathic uh, treatments these women were actually very wise when it came to their homopathic treatments and their herbal remedies many people uh, received aid and were helped by um, the the homemade remedies made by these white wise women so i mean if you look at it back in the day you would think that um w old witches back then were kind of like doctors you know they figured out what herbs to use to fix whatever ailment that could potentially help resolve it you know and then it just kind of snowballed from there to where christianity was sweeping over europe and everything and so the actual uh witchcraft portion of it kind of died down because in christianity's sake if you don't do anything except follow god you're for the devil and then that's what kind of snowballed into people getting killed over witchcraft when really these were just smart individuals that figured out nature's land and nature's uh herbs and remedies to heal these humans that you know got sickness got hurt or anything like that but in christianity terms basically you're doing stuff outside of what god is supposed to be doing and so you're of the devil and you need to be killed and then obviously if you look back you know salem witches all those witches got got burned at the stake because you know they were of the devil not of god and of course all those witches that were burned and killed and mutilated over there in Europe as well because of the king rulers and and Christianity and everything like that. So I mean if you if you, witchcraft is really not a bad thing unless all you ever do is dabble in the negative shit, then that's all you're ever going to have is negative everything. But the white witches, the gray witches, that's what helps keep our world rotating in regards to the spirituality and being still being able to use these common common herbs that anybody would put in their lasagna you know well let's be honest there probably was a few if not a ton of people who were actually were dark witches that were dabbling in oh yeah you know oh yeah it, 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 all it takes is one person to give anything a bad name right mm -hmm. in our modern society so just back then you know just i'm sure there were people who were actually you know negative and dark and we're trying to conjure up all this bullshit and given the other witches that were just trying to get by and heal people a bad name mm -hmm. granted that was probably more happening a lot yeah because i mean uh, in their in their mindset especially christianity um they figured that if a person got ill it was god's way of punishing them for doing things that went against the doctrine and these people that would come in and heal these 
these sick people no that was the work of the devil and that can't be happened so these people need to die but that's actually a common thing to act, want to heal other human beings because that's the empathic part of you regardless of what your religion says you're not going to sit there and watch someone die when you know for a fact you have some sort of a root or some sort of an herb that could help uh, heal them so that way they can live a long fruitful life but according to the church that's the work of the devil and if a person's sick that means they sinned in their eyes anyway yeah, back then there's a lot of weird stuff that they believed is true, which mm-hmm. I'm sure there are still those ways today, but thankfully I think more people are in the right mind than than not. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, we we our ancestors killed a bunch of of innocent people just because of what Christianity said, and I, you know, obviously things happened for a reason in the past. It just kind of makes you wonder. What if Christianity didn't want these people killed? You know, what if they turned a different leaf? And would you think that the that there would be more people on this earth now than there was 200 years ago? Would you think, or do you think medicine would have been more advanced 200 years ago than it was then? You know what I mean? Well, I mean, if you just look back to the Dark Ages in general, I mean, in the Dark Ages, anything that was related to anything science-related was, you know, condemned. Mm -hmm. So if you had that whole period of the Dark Ages uh, not happening, and theoretically our society as it is right now would be more advanced than it is because they had literally a decade or more worth of time where the science of progression was halted. Yeah. I mean, they even killed people that were astronomers because they didn't want to believe that there could potentially be other beings out there. And there were still people that thought that the earth was the center of the universe when really we're not. We're just a little dot and millions and billions of other stars and other galaxies and everything like that. So even if uh, astronomy back then, you would have got killed for it, you know? Yeah, there wasn't much that wouldn't get you killed, honestly. Yeah, you just had to look <laughs> yeah. at someone wrong and you got killed. Yeah, I mean, that that's the whole thing of uh, Western society, mm-hmm. you know, with cowboys and stuff. I mean, that's the hardest living that I think anyone could have gone through is just literally everything wants you dead yeah in that time period you know yeah which is wild to think about like yeah you can just look at someone and be like oh you looked at me wrong boom got shot right mm-hmm. there you know like it, it is wild how we think we're in a repressed society which we kind of are but the fact that what we came from looking back is even wilder knowing that it it's worse than what it is now oh yeah like uh it's funny that you bring up like the wild west and everything because whitney and i we finished uh watching 1883 last night and it kind of just opens up your eyes obviously it's it's a theoretical thing you know but the pioneers back in the day they had to go and work against the elements they had to work against uh uh very nefarious people out there that will kill you for for your food, your money, and your cattle and everything like that, let alone other nefarious things that could be doing to you as well. So, I mean, it, it, you look back then and, you know, something as simple as a snake could kill you back then because they didn't have anti-venom shots, you know? And so you would lose your leg if, if someone actually sucked out most of the poison right when you got bit. So, I mean, it's... 
it's just funny that you bring that up and we were literally watching that we were kind of talking about it last night it's just like you know we're we as a society are soft compared to what it was back in the day like people were more than willing to uproot themselves and move across the United States to go to Oregon or go to California or Washington or whatever, taking the Oregon Pioneer Trail. And, you know, you, if you had a group of 300 people going, you're lucky to have like 20 people make it, you know? And that's how wild it was back in the day. Yeah. But so. Got off topic a little yeah, bit. Yeah, just Witches. a little bit. <laughs> Witches. Yeah, we start talking about the Wild West. We're, we're talking about witches. I mean, it, it's interesting because if you look at the uh, the witches in terms of where they're located at, I don't. When you get to a Western period of time, you really don't get uh, witches as a as a problem. Mm-hmm. You know, it's never really brought up because, like we we're talking about, to try to stay on topic a little bit, um, with everything that does want to kill you, I think witches are the least of your worries in, uh, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that Western civilization lifestyle. Yep. You know. You're worried about your fellow man killing you over uh, a plot of land. You're not really worried about uh, women putting hexes on you yep. in that time. You know, you didn't really have a lot of, I mean, church life in in Western civilization is still a staple, right? Mm-hmm. Because your life feels like it's so shitty that you need something to believe in to make it feel better. Um, that you don't aren't getting the preaching of like you know witches and all, and all that. You're just trying to get like. The preaching of this is what we need to do to survive a day-to-day life you know mm-hmm. be good people that's like the main thing because like they're just getting too much of bandits and people trying to kill you and rob you for your stuff to have a better life it's like can we just get along then we can have a better life mm-hmm. so that that's an interesting difference then obviously you go to the east coast and they're all which is everything mm-hmm. but then you go over to the west coast and i don't feel like you got as much of that type of stigma yeah of, of witches which is also interesting culturally oh well, and i think honestly the stigma kind of died down after the whole salem witch trial anyway because there wasn't really much talk about witches after that i think there still was i think you still had a lot of things going on with it yeah. it's just after the salem trials there was more of an actual um <laughs> law being put into place because back during the salem witch trials they used things such as spectral evidence, mm-hmm. which is ludicrous because basically all someone had to say was, oh, yeah, they came to me in a dream last night and attacked me. And then the jury be like, oh, that, that, that must be true. They're, they're guilty. You, you can't use that in an actual tra- trial, mm-hmm. obviously. Yep. So I think just the whole uh, system of uh, charging people, you know, and juries and trials and all that, I think improved yeah greatly after the the salem witch trials that still didn't prevent uh like a mob of people outside of a actual uh authoritarian power to kill somebody based on being called a witch you know i'm still think you still had like mobs of people like oh they're a witch let's kill them you know justly without due process right yeah because i mean i still think you had a ton of that going on yeah but then you know you, you you travel across the plains and you go over to the western part of the united states and you run into these uh native american uh tribes and everything like that like the cherokee the Comanches, you know um lakota all of them have one thing in common they usually have some sort of a witch doctor within their tribe and that witch doctor dabbled in these particular herbs and medicines to help heal people and everything so i mean even when 
our ancestors were coming across the plains to find a better life, they were still running across a different type of witch. It's just a Native American style, you know? But it all kind of coincides with everything else because the witches over there in Europe, they used herbs and remedies to help heal people. The Native Americans, they used herbs and remedies to heal people. They just do it in a different way, you know, using sweatshops and, and, or sweat teepees and stuff like that. So, I mean, er, even back then, it wasn't really talked about. It was still a common thing because if someone needed treatment, if they were friendly with the natives, the witch doctor would be able to come and, and actually take care of them, you know? Right. But if you're a pioneer, basically every Native American was considered of the devil anyway, yeah. so mm-hmm. that didn't help anyways. I don't know. It, it's wild. If you, we actually dive deep into Salem, there's so much wildness. Oh, yeah. Like, the fact that, like, you know, they built Salem on a hill because, uh, you know, that's if it's on a hill, it's more holy. But the people who basically moved to Salem from England, they were leaving England to, you know, escape uh, the type of form, like the church that was going on there. Mm-hmm. But they were also religious and they wanted to, they went to a place that they described itself as the devil's playground mm-hmm. to, I, I don't, it's just wild. They're like, they, they know they're going to the most place that's most, like, sinful yep. to escape a place that they believe is also basically in these heretics minds it felt like nothing's good but if we can just have our own little place at the top of this hill we'll be fine and everything else around us will burn Mm -hmm. yeah and then they started infighting which was hilarious which is funny you bring that up with the whole you know you built salem on top of the hill because it's supposed to be more holier than anything else even modern day there is still religion uh still certain religions that will do that they will build something on top of a hill because they think it's better than everything else and everybody needs to pay attention to that it's closer to god yep that's i think the basis of build it build it high Mm -hmm. um but yeah so there's a lot with um uh, witches and stuff in general uh history wise and even modern Mm -hmm. day too that you could dive in and take so much time um is, is there anything else more that you want to talk about no, on the witches? No, to be honest with you, we will definitely do another episode where we're just going to be talking about witchcraft and witchcraft in general, the history of it all leading up to modern day. And it, it will be more of an in-depth episode about that. I suspect it's probably going to be at least an hour and a half, two hours. You know, it's going right. to uh, be a huge topic to unpack. I, I agree, and I also think it would be interesting to get somebody who... Uh, obviously besides um us that has different knowledge on it yeah more knowledge and or someone who actually has uh ancestors that were accused of being a witch well and that actually brings up an excellent question for all of our fans and followers anybody that listens to this episode if you are a witch a practicing witch or you have any history of witchcraft in your family Send us a message, uh, DM myself, Shane, or David, or message the group. Uh, let's uh, let's get a conversation going. And if you have a lot of good things to say, you may be the next guest on our podcast. Who knows? But we definitely want to get a third opinion, especially someone looking from the outside in in regards to this. Yeah, because, I mean, we, we don't really, I don't have uh, a lot of personal experience. I mean, obviously, I could do tons of history about it, but uh, it'd be interesting to see uh, an actual 
realistic perspective of it now. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, let's let's do that. I think that'll be. A, I, there's a lot of multiple episodes that we can go into into witches. Oh yeah. Um, and I think obviously we'll probably start saving him uh, per season, mm-hmm. or if we're just running out of stuff, we can we can do more into it. Mm-hmm. But I think this is a good uh, dip the toes into this topic that's going to burst wide open at some point. Oh, yeah. Especially once we start getting into the different cultures. Like, I really, I'm clamoring to get down into, like, the voodoo and hoodoo stuff like that down on, uh, in the south. That one is the most intriguing to me out of a vast majority of them. Yeah, that one's a whole whole can of worms mm-hmm. that I would be also very afraid to touch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because, yeah, that's one, like, you look at someone funny in that culture and boom you could be fucked Mm -hmm. I would say hoodoo and voodoo are probably the most aggressive witchcraft out of uh, a good vast majority of it to be honest with you yeah I I would would not discredit that at all agreed well like I said before if you have any history or any experience with this uh, definitely hit us up let's get a line of conversation going and then who knows you might be the next guest on our podcast because this is a this is a huge topic and there's only so much two people can talk about if we add a third person in it will definitely help lighten the load in regards to the information and the history behind it as well especially someone who actually practices right alright so this is going to be a lot to talk about. Yep. But it's been one that we have been looking forward to for two years. Mm-hmm. Officially, because we passed it last month. Yep. Um, we're going to talk about our lovely little trip that we took uh, to Louisville, Kentucky, and our experiences at Waverly Hill Sanatorium. Oh, yeah. I love that place. That was the funnest trip I've been on in a long time. Uh, yeah, it was, it was a lot. Um, mm-hmm. we probably won't talk about, uh, Bobby Mackey's. Yeah. Because we can do that later. Yep. But we also went to Bobby Mackey's. Um, but I wanted, and then even our experiences that we had outside of, uh, Waverly in, in general, like, you know, we went to a lot of cool places, saw a lot of cool stuff, mm-hmm. ate some good food. But, uh, I think we're just going to talk about strictly Waverly in its entirety from when we were there to when we left. Yep. Yep. Waverly was definitely one of the funnest locations, but I will preface this now. If if anybody ever gets the chance to investigate Waverly, one night is just not enough. I feel like oh. we could have had two or three nights there, and we might have been able to investigate every inch of that location. But for one night, we had pretty good activity, and we had a really good time investigating that whole entire location. Yeah, it... Um just from driving up was a whole experience like once you mm-hmm. drive past the gate um and you're driving up there and you make the little bend and you see this whole building just there it it, it is daunting mm-hmm. you know i think it is like like i've seen big buildings up in person but just looking at this was just is a different type of big building that you are overcome with you yeah. know what i mean like it was just wild and we didn't even get to see every inch of the place there was tons of the building uh, i think on the first level that is just closed off Mm -hmm. you know we didn't even get to do the full building but that was more than enough uh for what we got to actually experience 
But the biggest thing that I came across when we first showed up that I thought was really interesting was actually how close it was to people who are still living, like society, like how close it was to actual society. Yep. Like I pictured it being kind of off on its own thing, but we were literally next to a golf course. But <laughs> you know, it, the funny thing though was once you got on the property, you drove up that long driveway and you got up to the actual building itself. It felt like you were on your own little continent because there was a good amount of yeah. trees that separated the rest of the world to Waverly Hills. So once True. you got past that, it just felt like you were you're on your own in that property, you know. Right, yeah, it almost seems like you get teleported to a different time. Yep. And everything else around you is, like, non-existent. Yep. But it is just interesting to, to realize that. I was like, you know, we're driving. It's, like, the gate where we we're at. Like, literally to the right of it, like, you can see a golf course. Mm-hmm. Like, the idea of that was just funny, you know? Mm-hmm. That you're still, like, super close to, to the civilization. Yeah, but, yeah, you're right. Once you get on there, it was like, boom, nothing else existed. Because even when we were on the rooftop, you know... At night, you didn't really hear too much city noise happening. Yep. You just hear, like, the the creatures, the insects, the animals, you know, mm-hmm. the wind. God, the wind. Mm-hmm. It drowns out all the other noise. It really does, especially when you're sitting on the top of Waverly Hills and you're just sitting there and you're just taking in all that wind. The smells of uh, Louisville and the surrounding areas and just the just look over and you could just see all the lights and everything. It was it was probably the most tranquil moment of my life just standing up there and just experiencing all that. Cause what because I've been on top of numerous buildings. Obviously, David has because he's a, a electrician by trade. But there was just uh, something special about standing on top of Waverly Hills versus standing on any other building anywhere else. Yeah, and then we even... As much as it was, I guess, all right for me, uh, sleeping on the premises was uh, its own thing as well. Yeah. Um, my only thing that i really hated about it was the fact that uh i had uh no mattress yeah (laughs) it's it's a bunk bed with uh just like a three inch thick yoga mat that you laid on flat Mm -hmm. so basically was just like hard wood basically that i was sleeping on yep um and one pillow that was probably the shittiest sleep i've ever gotten in my life yeah you and me both but (laughs) nothing really affected me like it affected others i guess Mm -hmm. so that was a plus because a lot of people, I guess, had issues. Yeah, <laughs> that I, I did not. Well, the most of the, the other party, uh, we because David and I, we flew out there. Everybody else drove. Uh, they decided to go check out one of the uh, Civil War battlefields, and unfortunately, they ran into a bunch of ticks. So, uh, a few of the people were dealing with tick issues that night. Uh, me myself, I was getting uh, spiritually attacked by uh, an unseen entity while I was laying on my bunk. Because David was actually sleeping above me, if I remember correctly. Um, um, well, I was on a top bunk, but I wasn't even on the one that was connected to you. I was oh, you're on. You were you in, were in, the, in the corner. That's right. That's right. And I was in the yeah, middle. I just kind of isolated myself. Yeah. On my own thing. Yeah. I. Uh, while everybody was dealing with the whole tick situation, because obviously, you know. That draw that drew everybody's attention to that. I was stuck in my bunk. I couldn't move. I was shaking. I could barely breathe. Um, every couple of minutes, it felt like someone 
came up to my mattress and flicked it with their finger. Um, and basically I didn't sleep at all that night whatsoever. And in fact, I was very, very drained the next day when we went to, uh, Bobby Mackey's. I definitely, I'm not gonna, if I investigate that place, I'm not sleeping there again. Personally. <laughs> I mean, I'd be fine if I had a mattress, honestly. I, I had zero problems with that place. I just remember, I just remember Diana coming in and being like, hey, is anyone awake? Yeah. And then I, I was awake, and she's like, describing the situation of like mm. uh yeah uh <laughs> someone's got a tick does anyone have a knife and i'm just like yeah i don't really want to deal with this so i'm just gonna right i'm just gonna keep i'm gonna keep sleeping here i don't know why i just did not have like the urge or the feeling like i needed to get up and see what was going on mm-hmm. and maybe that was the spirit just keeping me from doing anything i don't know, I don't know. other than that like i didn't have no problem sleeping there just the the way i slept in general just was shitty yeah I don't know. I just, I, I, after feeling that, after being attacked like that, I just, I, I, you can pay me enough to, to live there or to sleep there unless I brought 25 pounds of salt and equal amounts of selenite to scatter all over that, that bunkhouse. That would be the only time I'd actually sleep there. Because after yeah. experiencing that, I'd never want to do that again. And I don't know. I guess it's just, it's hard to explain, like, I guess, think about being in negative five degree weather with no clothes on. You're sitting there, you're just shivering, you're shaking, you can't do anything, you can't move, you can barely even mumble any words. That's basically what it kind of felt like. I just felt like the walls just came caving in on me. It just felt like the world just got smaller and smaller. And I just, I felt like I was getting intentionally centered out and attacked while everybody else was dealing with other things. So I don't know. It's just I definitely don't want to sleep there though. But the actual experience itself of being at Waverly, I definitely want to do that over and over again, hands down. Yeah. Would you say your favorite part was the death shoot? Oh, the death shoot was fucking intense. <laughs> Man, the 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 death shoot there was definitely by far my one of my favorite parts of that location. Um between that and the door randomly slamming in front of us, that was also pretty fucking surreal. Uh, talking with the uh, nurses on the top level, that was pretty cool as well. Um, it, it, seeing seeing uh, one of our, our piece of equipment, the egg light, the motion one. Yep. We were on the third floor, you know, and you know you could see all the other floors because it curves, right? So we're on one end of the curve, and we could see the other building curve, and we just see this blue light turn on, mm-hmm. and we're like, "Oh my God, that light's on!" And we run down there, and as soon as we get down there, the light turns off, and you know we didn't see anything. That was pretty cool uh, piece of equipment, evidence-wise, that we got. Yep. And then, and while we were down in the body shoot, our equipment that we scattered from the very bottom all the way to the top and anywhere in between, were going off as well, with no one else being around them at all. Yeah, the REM pods, uh, we kind of set up in the middle. Because some people stayed up top, some people were at the bottom, and then other people were in the middle. Yep. There was a REM pod between a few of us, and we could hear it. Because what's crazy about that damn tunnel is you can have one person at the very bottom, one person at the very top. The person at the very top could have a flashlight. The person at the very bottom cannot see that light. Yep. That's how crazy, like, long and deep it is. Mm-hmm. And dark. 
that it is wild so we just hear this little echo going on then we can like barely make out some REM pod lights going up then we get closer and closer it gets louder and louder and it's just wild because it's in the middle of a, a tunnel you know mm-hmm. you're underground there's like not a lot of space it's a little damp mm-hmm. like there's no insect life in that tunnel yep like there's nothing flying around and it's cold like because it was let's just say how humid it fucking was up there in Kentucky <laughs> It was like 80% humidity levels mm-hmm. from, from, you know, from your boys that live in a dry state, not used to the humidity. Yep. So I was sweating every goddamn day. Mm-hmm. And um, so, I mean, it was so cold once you were going deeper and deeper into that tunnel. Yep. Like there, there was no insect life. Yeah. And yeah, you just have this REM pod that's just going off like crazy. And you have a spirit there that's a little, you know, mentally challenged uh, playing with us, basically. Yep. It uh, it was it was crazy. It was intense for sure, and I didn't feel scared at all during that trip. Even when I laid uh in the the morgue mm-hmm. slide, because mm-hmm. they were you know where they the dead bodies. I laid in that thing. It was it was kind of comforting, just laying in that little box. Yeah, I think the only thing that was disconcerting to me was uh just sitting there at the bottom of the chute, and if you look through the plastic that they had there, you just see like black shadows just darting across walking around coming towards the door stuff like that that was the only part that kind of got my my anxiety up but outside of that besides uh diana's husband scaring the ever-living shit out of me there um i went into a full fetal position i mean it just it, it was gonna happen but he he was walking behind me and he was he walks like a freaking ninja and I, I ain't kidding you if you ever have the chance to meet Diana's husband and actually go out on an investigation with him, he walks like a ninja. Um, and I didn't realize he was behind me. And I'm just, you know, casually walking with Diana by my side and I feel something behind me, you know, the energy of it. And so I do, I think, three different takes. And when I realized someone was behind me, yeah, that's when I dropped to the ground and Diana and, and Lon were just having a hoot of a time. And then everybody inside the room was like, well, what the hell just happened? It's like, well, Lon just scared the shit out of me. I think I went into full fetal position. Yeah. Because, yeah, I watched a lot of that building uh, at some points mm-hmm. by myself, really. Mm-hmm. Just from, I was literally on an entire floor where no one was there. And I just walked. And, you know, I didn't really feel, like, too bad. Like, I didn't really feel like there was a lot of negative things there. No. I just definitely felt like there was a lot of trapped spirits there, and the energy there is just through the roof. But, I mean, maybe there was, like, one or two, you know, negative things there, but Mm -hmm. I never really had an issue with anything uh, negative that, you know, is reported there. It's just pissed off spirits that ended up being lab rats, essentially, for some of the doctors that were there at Waverly. That's yeah. mostly what I felt was just a bunch of pissed off angry spirits that didn't want to be here, but they were they're stuck here. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah, there there's the energy's unreal. Obviously, mm-hmm. like it's probably the most energy driven place we've ever been to. Yep. Um, to date, but yeah, not not too much like balls to walls. I don't think there's anything demonic there. No. Um, which, you know, that's obviously the biggest thing up for debate. If anyone else uh, is familiar with that place would say there has to be, but yeah, I didn't get that, that feeling. Um, I mean, 
people would say you're being attacked is probably something of that level but i mean even that could be anything mm-hmm. um so i mean who, who knows for sure on that one obviously we were there one night that's a lot of information to soak in mm-hmm. for one night yep <laughs> but uh for what we got feeling wise there really wasn't anything too negative at the moment that we got yeah in fact uh i think we did pass over one spirit there if i remember correctly yep yes you did it was the the mentally challenged one in the tunnel yep passed him over finally yep we went outside to the back part of it uh where i guess they uh we didn't really explore too much of that back part area which would have been nice but uh i don't know it's like they have a graveyard out there too like their obviously own graveyard Mm mm-hmm uh at the time but uh yeah we didn't we didn't go in the kitchen there was a lot of places that were uh that blocked off yeah um but i i, I fairly enjoyed the time mm-hmm. it I, I don't remember if it went by fast or not i thought it did for me anyway um because i think at one point we were finally were just all we just went up to the top floor and <clears throat> did the things up there but uh, mm-hmm. evidence-wise, I mean, I got we got a few things equipment-wise. Yeah. Obviously, my Ovulus was the biggest one. Um, we used the new the laser grid that that I had mm-hmm. up there. It wasn't bad, but really, it was mostly um, through feelings, like just like the energy-wise that we were getting. Not a lot of direct communication or anything like that. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, it, it would be interesting if we ever went again to see what else we would get differently. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I definitely want to go back again, but I want to reserve, like, two or three nights there. Because it, it, one night is just not enough. Yeah, that I, I would agree on that. Plus, the town itself was really nice, so... Yeah. We'll just go just for the, just for the town again. Yeah, uh, for a couple people that have only really lived on the West going over to to uh louisville it was definitely uh, a slight culture shock because i mean there were as about as many bars as there were churches but then these were like the old school like gothic style churches uh the cemeteries there were surreal i mean the yeah, we did a whole day just going through cemeteries yeah. honestly and we were looking at graves uh, of people that died before the west was even settled you know what i mean yeah so you, we don't get that kind of stuff out there. Plus the the size of their um, headstones, we don't get that out here in the West. You know, monoliths. Yeah. So I mean, it it, it was definitely definitely very interesting to to go through those cemeteries and and they're so freaking huge. And if you just take your time, you could literally spend all day in a cemetery, literally. Which we did. Yep. <laughs> Which. Which we did, yeah. And there was a lot of cool, like, you know, it's on a river, so you have the old ferry boats and everything. Mm-hmm. And, uh, we looked through, uh, well, we didn't go through, but we looked at one that was like an antique steamboat with the big ass, you know, the big wheel in the back. Yep. A um, lot of history there. And yeah, the churches, there's more churches, believe it or not, there than I believe there is in Utah. Yeah. Because, like, literally every other block, it was bar, tattoo shop, church. Yep. That's what, that's what literally was for a street. <laughs> yep. Like every corner, like, oh, there's no church. You drive around a corner, oh, there's no church. Like there were so many. It was wild. 
Oh yeah, and then just driving through some of the old parts of Louisville and seeing all the old buildings and everything that are still being used to this day. I mean, older than what we've seen out here in the West. It's just, you could just feel the old energy just radiating off of these old, all these buildings. And we didn't really interact too much with the people, but with the people that we did interact with, they seemed to be nice out there. True. Yeah, they're... We didn't really have conversations with a lot of people uh, other than obviously when we like ate food or anything like that it's probably the most conversation we held with anybody yeah lo local anyways yeah and the food oh man we could do an episode on the food in general oh so good food. yeah the food the food's delicious mm -hmm. it, it was all around a good time honestly there wasn't a day or a moment where i really wasn't having a good time yeah which which is pretty pretty crazy to say mm -hmm. um yeah, everywhere we went was good. Um, I thoroughly enjoyed it, and it, it even though I've been there, I, I'm I'm usually a one and done kind of person, you know. Yeah. Like I can do a thing, but like, all right, I did it. I don't need to do it again. I I would go there again. Yeah. I would go there again for sure. Oh, and there's so much more to see too, and there's so much uh, more other places there to investigate. Because I mean, Tennessee, Kentucky. All those states have a, a deep, rich history. So, I mean, we could probably throw a stone and we'd hit a haunted building. You know what I mean? So there would be plenty to check out there regardless. But it was really cool. Really, really cool to finally go see one of the biggest hospitals back in the day that resided right there in Kentucky. I don't think I, I don't think there's ever, ever any other old hospital, particularly an old TB hospital that's bigger than Waverly, to be honest. Oh yeah, for for sure. Uh, hospitals are are crazy. Mm -hmm. They're their own thing. Mm -hmm. it, it is. If anyone ever goes to old hospitals, it is just something else, uh, feeling wise, than any other haunted location you go to, except maybe a prison. Yeah, those are also their their own wild thing. Yeah, because I mean, we we did the Gooding TB Hospital. I would say that's maybe like an eighth of the size of Waverly. Uh, Asylum 49, even though I personally have never been there, I know David has, that is may maybe like a tenth of the size of Waverly. And in fact, uh, David just lives right down the street from an old TB hospital that was right there in Ogden, which is now a school for the deaf and blind. And the size of that location is maybe a quarter of what Waverly, of Waverly's size, you know? So, I mean, we have these old hospitals here, but they're not as grand as over there on the east coast that's for damn sure yeah but but it, it it was a good time all all in all and you know we we got some great experiences there i don't think anyone could ever go there and be disappointed personally yeah um for any aspect even if you didn't get any type of interaction or evidence at all from spirits mm -hmm. just the ability to walk through there and be there is its own experience yep so yeah that that place is is one of the greats and you know the history there alone is enough for you to be like wiling out for the stuff that they did there you know yeah. like the idea that people were literally sitting basically outside during in the middle of winter mm -hmm. as, as a form of treatment because of the air you know yep like that's crazy people probably froze to death on their beds you know and just what their treatments with trying to cure TB with like they literally would break some of your ribs 
deflate your lungs, refill them, you know, electrical shock therapy, mm -hmm. lobotomies. They mm -hmm. did everything in the book that's bad to try to cure TB, which is wild. Yep. And then it ended up coming down to one simple vaccine and it ended up uh, curing a bunch of people. And then those hospitals end up closing because there's no need for a TB hospital anymore. Yeah, yeah. But um, the craziest thing I ever learned about uh, Waverly, honestly, was like, like once you're once you were there, you basically never left, right? Mm -hmm. It's one of those things. Like even if like you, you're as a child, if your parents got admitted to the TB hospital, you, you went with them, even though you weren't sick. But if once you showed up. You got sick, right? Yep. There, there was no way you weren't. And then, you know, they had full kitchen staff. They had, like, a mailman and a barber. Like, they had, like, their own community there. Because mm -hmm. it just basically, you knew that if you went there, you just, you weren't leaving. Yep. Whether you were sick or not. Yep. So that's, that's, that's its own thing. It's like a prison sentence as well. You know, like, mm -hmm. if you know you have to go up to Waverly, you're like, oh, well, that, that's the end of my life. I'm living here for the rest of my life now. Yep. Because I don't really think anybody who ever entered Waverly patient or not um, until like obviously after it closed and they had the cure <coughs> no one left yep yep no one left at all once you got admitted you're there until you're in the ground but i'm pretty much i think the only other thing that is i definitely want to mention um if you haven't already because obviously david and i were huge food sluts we love food Definitely look for those old, you know, those uh, small mom-and-pop restaurants because we ate at one uh, the first night, and it was phenomenal. I mean, David had the, the candied bacon. We both got a chicken sandwich. The slaw was amazing. It's everything that I would expect actual fried chicken in Kentucky would be, and it blew my expectations out of the water. We even went to an old uh, restaurant right there in the heart of Louisville, we had uh, deep fried oysters. We had uh, Old Bay shrimp. You know, uh, the cookie was actually pretty good too, and it was pretty good size. the The main course was really good. Uh, even checking out, I think the uh, fast food joint was called Big Boy. That was an interesting adventure too. When we were coming back from uh, Bobby Mackey's, we ate there as well. Just the food in general, outside of the old buildings and Waverly Hills. The food is spot on there. I don't think I ever had anything bad there. I mean, I think David really wished the onion was a lot thinner on his burger when we went to Big Boy, but outside of that, the food was good. Traveling was was very interesting because, I mean, we're used to 80, 85 down the freeway here, over here in Utah and Idaho and Nevada and, and all those places. Over there, it's like 55 to 65 on their freeway system, so that was... That was an interesting thing to adjust to, especially with those rolling hills and everything. But all in all, the trip itself, if if you ever wanted my recommendation, I would highly recommend it. Just take your time, though, because there's a lot to see. There's a lot to do. You're going to run out of time before you get to see everything you want to do there. I'm back. I'm not dead. I know. <clears throat> um, yes, that, that's the end. But... I wanted to... F we're on food now. Yeah. And I wanted to tell you something. Mm -hmm. I finally tried Raising Cane's. Oh, what'd you think? Um, The chicken sandwich I had, mm -hmm. which was interesting because it was basically three tenders uh, on the sandwich. Yeah. 
fall party, but the sauce and the chicken itself was really good. Mm-hmm. My only disappointment, honestly, was I wish the fries were seasoned. Yes. That honestly, the fries were the biggest disappointment of that place. Yeah, the fries are not my favorite. They're they're probably my least favorite fries I've ever had. Um, but the actual chicken itself, because I mean, we I've been to uh, Zaxby's, I've been to KFC, I've been to Chick Fil A, and every time I've been to Raising Cane's, um, I really didn't need a drink to actually eat their chicken. You know what I mean? It was tender, it was juicy, and the sauce itself. I could go on for hours about the sauce. The sauce is amazing. I really like their yeah. sauce. So it, it was actually, uh, it, w- it wasn't bad. Sadie really liked the Texas toast bread that they had with it. Yeah, her. that's good too. Uh, she really liked that the most. Um, um, their slaw, surprisingly, is actually really good there. So if you haven't I tried it yet, have the slaw. Yeah, try I it. Had the slaw. It's really good. Because the sandwich I got was just the sandwich and fries. It didn't come with the slaw. So the yeah. next time I'm going to do that, it was like the five piece or whatever that came with the bread and the slaw yeah that i'm gonna do that next time and it was actually like the line for the drive-thru like it looked long but like we got our food relatively fast right which i it's nice because it's one of those places like their I, menu item is limited mm-hmm. which i love i love when items are just simple because mm-hmm. then you know the food's good so they obviously just like are making the same thing over and over again mm-hmm. so it made sense why it was fast but it was surprisingly fast like we're like oh we got that pretty fast yeah yeah when uh Witten and i went down to ogden last week we actually ate in the in the actual restaurant which by the way they got like three disco balls and they have a bunch of uh old pictures of like ogden and everything like that on the inside but it was oh, nice. it was pretty cool and i really love their sweet tea their sweet tea is actually really good it's not overly sweet but it's not underly sweet either Mm, yeah, we we got the lemonade, which w- w- wasn't bad either. Yeah, Whitney really loves her really lemonade. She always gets that every time when we go there, and I get the iced tea, and I really love their iced tea. I'll have to do the iced tea next time. Mm-hmm. It's good stuff. But yeah, just figured I'd hurry and throw that in there because we're talking about food. Because we are, I think, done talking about Waverly. Yeah, I said everything I need to say about Waverly. Um, and obviously, there, there's the little details that we did on our trip that is not really worth going into. And then yeah. there's the whole... Uh, Bobby Mackey's that we didn't talk about at all, mm-hmm. which we can just throw in at any random point we want. Yep. But other than that, that's done. So I think we just got equipment to talk about. Yes, we do. To to wrap to wrap this episode up, just talk about uh, uh two pieces of equipment that are you know the same thing but yep. slightly different. Yep. Um the the Boo Buddy, mm-hmm. the the original one that's like you know the Baron what everyone knows about, and uh, it's counterpart that is uh basically the same thing but different yes yep the junior and then the off-brand ones that you can buy from anybody else because if i'm not mistaken the boo buddy one has an actual voice thing that it talks yep is that that true and then yours is more like an emf as a toy yep yeah i've always wanted the boo bear the boo buddy bear but it's always been super expensive, but it's actually pretty trick. Um, essentially, it will light up whenever a spirit is, is close to it, but it also talks too. It's, it, it, if I remember correctly reading into it, it was originally created to, to assist with EVPs. Uh, so essentially, you would use it as a trigger object. The bear would say, ask something, and then obviously you would have the digit recorded there, and you, re, you would record if there was a response. Um, now I know the newest version of it, um, they, 
if I remember correctly, talking with the Finleys, you can adjust the volume of the uh, voice or you can turn the voice off entirely and just use it as a tr trigger object for the lights and everything. The original uh, Boo Buddy Bear, uh, you didn't have those provisions, so essentially it would just talk. Even though you didn't really want it to talk, it would still talk anyway. Uh, I do not recall if the Boo Buddy Jr. actually talks. I think it's more of just a trigger object that lights up. Do you remember if the Jr. talks or not? I don't remember if it does. <sighs> I don't, actually, but I guess I'll hurry and look it up real quick while you talk about yours. Yes, and then the off-brand ones, which we did talk about the Unicorn Rem Bear on a previous episode. Uh... But it essentially falls in line with like the Boo Buddy and the Boo Buddy Jr. It's a trigger object where mine is mainly just for EMF versus the original ones that actually have the talk and everything like that and sensors. But then there's also other variants out there too. There's other people that are that are converted these uh, uh, little bears, little unicorns, you know, stuff like that into actual uh, trigger objects, which actually helps with investigations especially if you got uh, children in the location as well and that also works with like the footstep tracker that we talked on a previous episode as well because you can actually put put it all right there with the cat toys or toys that you brought um, and you can use that as an actual trigger setup to see if anything will play with the with these equipment and everything as long as you got a camera on them you can definitely capture it uh, me personally, I don't have any first-hand experience with the Boo Buddy and the Boo Buddy Jr. I just only have experience with the off-brand stuff. But I know some people like the Finleys, for example, Lord Finley and his wonderful wife. And they have a um, the, the revamped version of the Boo Bear. And it's it seems pretty nice, personally. <clears throat> so, Boo Buddy Jr. Mm -hmm. It is just an EMF trigger bear. There is no voice. Okay. And at right now, it's actually on sale for $79. Oh, that's not bad, because that's about what I paid for my Unicorn Rim Bear. And now, if you talk about the actual Boo Buddy Interactive Bear, that's a different fucking story. That thing's like $359. Yep. Which is wild. And it seems like it does the exact same thing, but it talks. Mm -hmm. I'd rather just get the Junior, honestly. That seems like the, the better choice. Yeah. That's what that was the biggest complaint about the original Boo Buddy was that it just kept on talking. You didn't have any provisions to actually turn it down or turn it off. But if I remember correctly, the revamp version you can actually turn it off, so you don't actually have to use it if you don't want to. Yeah, <clears throat> I'm, I'm trying to read for it. I'm pretty sure it says that. Um, let's see. It holds a series of force responses to motion and temperature changes to indicate such. Mm -hmm. Um, so he does base like readings and all that. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I can't really see anywhere where it says um, it, you can turn it off or on, but I'm pretty sure you can. Yeah, I'll confirm what the Finleys can say since they have it, and I can update you guys on the next episode. But I'm pretty sure you can turn it off. Yeah, it makes sense that you'd be able to. Yeah, but basically the Boo Buddy is, I would say the EDI plus because I mean it senses temperature differences it senses EMF it lights up just the only difference is one talks and the other one doesn't one's cute and cuddly one's a well you know a box with the protector on it you know what I mean 
Right, yeah. I mean, it's saying that, you know, to not, it's not to use it as a meter, mm -hmm. you know, but uh, I mean, it, it can. What's funny is, so here, here, here's what it says. EVP questions like, do you want to be my friend? When the bears moved, it goes, he, 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 that tickles, mm -hmm. which seems scary as fuck. <laughs> and when the temperature decreased, it says, brr, it's cold in here. Mm -hmm. That's some of the example phrases that that, that it says. Mm -hmm. But I would just fucking hate it to just be so dead quiet and then you just hear, hee hee hee, that tickles. And I'd be like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> I would hate that so much. Uh, yeah, that would definitely make your skin crawl. Jump out of the skin, especially if you're not expecting it. <laughs> that's that's when that's when the bear gets kicked. <laughs> like you wanted to do with my uh with my rocking horse there for the longest time. I still would love to kick that. Yeah. Oh, here it is. Volume control for when Boo Buddy gets too excited. Uh. That's a direct quote. Ooh. <laughs> it says, we've added an optional volume control with one knob. You can click on Boo Buddy and turn to adjust the volume as you wish. Turning it all the way down will mute all speech. Yep. Okay. Awesome. There it is. There it is. I, d I still would like to get one. I would like to get the original version first, though. Yeah, I don't see myself. Uh, I would buy the junior one. Yeah, in a heartbeat for sure. Yeah, um, I don't because I know you have your uh, unicorn, so I'm like, yeah, I think we're good on that a a aspect. Yeah, but I wouldn't mind having the bear. Mm -hmm. Is part of a, an arsenal thing, you know. More toys together, the better. You know, mm -hmm. it's like having two different type of EMF meters next to each other to see if they get the same stuff. Yeah. But uh, I mean that's, that seems fairly reasonable. Seventy nine bucks right now, so I mean that's that's not bad, especially for an EMF meter. I mean you're a little, like what K two is like thirty bucks. Yeah, thirty to fifty bucks. So you're really not paying that much more for a bear that's you know looks better than a K two. Yeah, and it definitely it looks more please, uh, appeasing to the spirits as well. It makes them actually want to communicate more with something cute and cuddly than something that looks like it could you know zap them out of outer space you know yeah yeah it seems more uh approachable right yeah because i mean it and i don't know if anybody else has done the same thing but when we're on investigations and our equipment's not going off you kind of have to remind the spirit of hey we have this equipment here that light up in beautiful colors if you come near it it's not going to hurt you it's just so that way we know that you're here with us you know you kind of have to coerce them into actually communicating with you through the equipment and I feel like something cute and cuddly like the Boo Bear Jr. or whatever you don't really have to tell them to play with it I'm sh I think it's more inviting for them to play it yeah and so the Junior now that we're talking about it, I'll just describe briefly uh, what the lights and everything means mm -hmm. so green light on the belly indicates powers on red light on belly signifies a small fluctuation in energy and red lights in pause signify medium changes in emf while two paws indicate a higher spike so basically if the belly goes red then it's a small if one arm goes off then it's a medium and if both arms go then it's like a higher and i'm assuming if all three lights uh go off then it's pretty big so there's basically you know light in the middle and then a light on each hand yeah and that kind of goes in line with like the unicorn rem bear because the closer you get to it the more lights turn on and the more intense the sound is so it's kind of the same concept which 
I think the dip the, the difference that I kind of like between yours and this one is this the, the boo buddy jr uh, I don't think it really has sound when the lights are indicating yeah which I kind of like about your unicorn because not only does it have lights it also has an audible sound mm-hmm. like like a REM pod would yep so that's why I kind of like that more about your your unicorn more so than than the bear because the bear you actually have to see it mm-hmm. to tell whether or not it's working yeah it doesn't really grab your attention you know what I mean mm-hmm. but yeah I would definitely recommend checking it out I would love to get my hands on one so that way we can test one out but we have something similar to it and it performs similar to the original ones so at least we have that but if I if I get the chance though if I have the money I want to buy the original version right? hands down yeah at some point I'll probably get the junior yeah just for for fun yeah but I would say it's definitely worth the money. I mean, you are going to be paying over $300 for the full size and then 79 75 bucks for the Junior, which that is on par with any of the other uh, off-brand ones that I've been seeing online that other people are selling as well. I mean, they go for anywhere between 75 to 100 bucks shipped. Yeah. So, I mean, it's right on par. Yeah, well, well normally it's like $99, but like I said, it's on sale for 70 so yeah, that's really good. Yeah. Yeah, it's not bad at all. But that's basically it that I need to talk about on the on the Boo Buddy. Yeah, we uh we I mean obviously we don't have it, so it's hard to tell, but we have something similar to it. Mm-hmm. But I I think it's you know a, a good tool. Yeah, we just have to test uh, the actual Boo Buddy uh, itself. Mm-hmm. But I would imagine it works as uh, described. Yep. And then I guess the only thing that we really um hit on the junior one is the fact that it doesn't have sound which is upsetting not so much as speech but just in indication on the light going off mm-hmm. and as much as i like the interactive boo buddy one i think 300 bucks is just too much for a stuffed bear yeah <laughs> I, I can't i can't justify that one no but you know i i can't speak so i'll just keep my mouth shut on that one well and i do have that app that i got from paul forever ago i'm gonna have to see if i can actually get installed on my current phone but i still have it on my old hero um of that app that plays uh the the sound well i wouldn't say sound but it's a male voice female voice child male voice child female voice asking questions yeah that one we can definitely revisit that and see if we can get like a little speaker next to our boo bear one or our uh uh, unicorn rem bear and see if it has the same effect like start asking questions and everything like that as the as the uh, unicorns going off would be a yeah. interesting thing to try yeah that is but uh but yeah i don't know how i don't know how long that's been on this episode but that that, that is the end of this episode yeah that this is a very very heavy episode now you guys will realize that this is kind of like a little bonus episode um we are actually going to be recording with a guest for the next episode which is brandon from paranormal unity it was actually scheduled to be uh, recorded today but there were some conflicts with scheduling so we had to reschedule that one and david brought up the idea of doing a kind of like a bonus episode and i said well why not we have a bunch of updates to do anyway so i mean it's 137 minutes long so it's it's a hefty hefty episode that you guys are going to be listening to so i hope you guys enjoy because we had a lot of stuff to unpack 
But the next episode shouldn't be as long unless uh, Brandon has a bunch of interesting things to talk about. But I'm basically done with this episode if you're done, David. Yeah, I am. And I'm now I'm hungry because we talked about <laughs> I know, right? Oh, I bought some spare ribs yesterday. I got half of them that are marinating in Worcestershire and barbecue sauce, and the other one I did a dry rub on. I can't wait to dig into that tonight. I had at, uh, in uh, Fort Hall yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, it was like a burrito-style pulled pork with macaroni cheese in it. Ooh, that sounds interesting. It was pretty delicious. Oh, that's good. Yeah, I'm glad you guys had fun over at uh, Daughtry's concert at the Shell Bank Casino. That's that's pretty cool. Yeah, it was a good time. Yeah. Well, and I'm glad you you guys had a good time, and I'm glad your mother had a good birthday. So She did, I think. Yeah. Off the ask her. But that will do it for this episode of the BRB Podcast. Now, look forward to the next episode where we're going to be talking with Brandon from Paranormal Unity. Uh, and I'm sure we got a lot of things to unpack in that particular episode with his past experience and what got him into the paranormal and what him, made him want to do a paranormal podcast as well. But we hope you guys have a wonderful rest of your Monday and have a great day. Bye-bye. You are listening to the Bear River Paranormal Podcast, BRP Podcast. If you or you know of someone who is having issues with an entity or a possible haunting, please send us an email, text, or call. You can find all of our information at www.bearriverparanormal.com. We work 24-7 so we can resolve your paranormal issues quickly and as conveniently as possible. If you haven't already, please subscribe to Bear River Paranormal Podcast. Toss us a rating or a review. You can also find us on Facebook at BRP Podcast. If you are interested in sponsoring us, or if you like your products featured on the show, please send us a message. We look forward to hearing from you soon. Thank you for listening, and have a wonderful rest of your day.